Greetings fans, this is Sensational One Shinblade, uh, finally reunited, welcome to Shy Lounge with my uh, good friend, my uh, co-host, the lovely, voluptuous, red, Mika Villas is here. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I'm sorry I kept you. Oh, sorry. My bad. That's not the lines, but I'm glad, I'm glad to have her back because uh, I love her point of view and her... Uh, insights to the subjects that i talk about in the world of indie and professional wrestling but really how are you doing i am awesome sauce i am currently red that is like a card subject to change so if you don't see me with red hair this weekend don't be alarmed i am a chameleon but i am awesome sauce it's it's a beautiful day or night now in the neighborhood. Um, winding down and ready to gear up for this weekend. Down. And also, we're not on location anywhere but in North Carolina for... North Carolina! Yeah, pretty much. For WrestleCade. It is WrestleCade weekend, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. And if you do not know what that means, first of all, how sad for you secondly how sad for you because this is a great weekend that involves all walks of life of wrestling from fans to legends future legends past present and future all located in one little place here in winston-salem north carolina and also uh, a little simulcast of this uh recording is uh mika villas's facebook page I am Facebook living under my Facebook Mika Villas V like Victory I L L A S. So you can go and watch the video. Again, the video is far away, so I can't see your comments. But guys, thank you for joining us live here as we do this. It's been a long time since we've done it, but you know, like oh. like like riding a horse. You just get off and get back on and keep doing it till you get it right. So it feels no. like the first time. I heard that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we just had. We also just had uh, dinner downstairs at Thanksgiving, courtesy of the Marriott uh, Winston Salem Hotel. You realize I said that, right? You did. I did. Oh. <laughs> okay. My gosh. So so Mika's a little uh, light, and I'm a little. Full of uh, cheats to the wind, just yeah. to say, I can still function. They put like this, y'all. He ate a lot of pie. Okay, oh. so <laughs> let's go ahead and what jump. Is your right. hey, 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 nope, let it, let it go. Let it go. That was a perfect segue. Let's just jump and get right into it. Okay, um, and also shout out to uh, wrestling uh, legend, should I say, uh, Deborah, Deborah McMichael, who's here. You were supposed to get into that. We would get to Deborah. Yeah, you know. Okay. That's because you had pie and Deborah. I mean, just oh, head to the topics, please. Wow, that'd be on a rumor mill if it ever were true. It's just, just hey, just hey, cougaring it. Who, who said it ain't? <laughs> okay. You okay. see the pictures on? Stop it. Uh, okay. Stop it. 
So anyway, um, I'm glad to have Mika back. Uh, it's been a road trip. I also have a special guest on the next episode. Um, somebody I'm just now getting to knowing who I should have known a couple years ago, but we're going to get into it. So what brought me to this episode here, uh, I tried to record this about a week or two ago. Then afterwards, there was some news that, uh, according breaking to this, news. some breaking news that forced me to uh, delete said recording and you never delete you always keep it <laughs> what do you do watergate okay delete delete <laughs> so <laughs> i i had to uh record a new one but i said you know what screw it i'm gonna be with mika again and see if i can get a, a minute of her time on a uh off night uh russell kate before you know the calm before the actually party storm russell kate storm the russell kate storm so uh if for those who don't know and i think everybody who watches the show knows about it uh, apparently there's been about, I would think, 30 releases in the past month. From the WWE. Let's let's clarify our releases, shall we? Because, um, you know, 30 releases, there could be anything. I'll be dead. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. I mean, anywho. So, um, apart from the last episode where I talked about Ring of Honor is uh, shutting down temporarily or permanently, depending on the internal workings. WWE decided to release about, I think, about 12 to 18 people the first time, which was the 1st of November. And last week, they released eight more people. And I wish I had the list in front of me. I wish we can go down the list. But... Uh, Notable names will do just fine because at this point, everybody pretty much knows who uh, has been released from the WWE. Um, we have names like... Uh, Taya Valkyrie, like um, Frankie Monet, for those who don't know. Ich, Frankie Monet. It's Frankie. Um, Johnny. Um, what is his name? Impact. John Morrison. John Morrison. Or should I say uh, Johnny Danger? Johnny. <laughs> well, Johnny. he might. Well, if if things might happen, wink, wink, he'll be Johnny Dynamite. Johnny Dynamite. Johnny AEW. I mean Johnny Rampage. Johnny All Elite. I mean, he's gonna have several names. Um, you want to talk about Shane Strickland? You want to talk about? All uh, Isaiah Swerve All of Hit Row being released at this point. Just a lot of talent back into the uh, indie pool, so to speak, um, right around the holidays. Now, you and I were talking mm -hmm. before we started recording, and I said to you that this is not unusual for the WWE. During the holiday season, or before, just before, they do releases. This is not new to them. Um, I reference back to Daphne, um, rest in peace, who had a developmental contract being released before Christmas time. So this is not new for the WWE to release talent before the holidays kick in. Um, it's just, I think we were so taken aback at the first November for the releases. And now another round of releases kind of left people rocking and reeling, but this is business as usual for the WWE. Now, honestly, um, I, I dispute the point when it comes to the time of the year that people are being released. Because a lot of times is that WrestleMania comes along, which is March or April. Then after that is the European tour that comes afterwards. Then that's when the release usually comes. And it's been like a yearly tradition for years. So being released in November uh, other than April or May is kind of a shock as far as uh, a number of years are concerned, but the releases period is not a shock. It's now being normalized like school shootings that you never know who's going to be released. Yes. 
saying normalized school shootings. That should be abnormal. It's all not. The time. It's supposed to be abnormal. It's abnormal. You know, normalized like you know taking edibles. I guess because no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying as far as like the, the part where it shouldn't be normalized, but it is now to the point where we, uh, at least as society, we're numbing to it a bit. You know, like I said, with school shootings, lives are lost. The person gets arrested or shoot themselves. And it's like, oh, it, it just happened. Take. Another one. It just, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, it doesn't I get, come out I get, right. I get what you're trying to say. We just had one like three months ago. Why now? And it is coming far so frequently. And not to break out of wrestling for a second, but there was a 17-year-old with a gun that killed two people and got off like nothing. Like nothing happened. I was defending myself. Had military weapons and went to other states to I'm going to hold my right BLM with you and that's mm. that's how it was. So now people are were protesting that he got off on this, but He's I am protest by the way, just in case anybody was wondering. I, yeah, I never heard anything of the protest, but I was on the on the uh part about where did he get the gun from and driving state to state. That's the alarming part for me. But anyway, I'm 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 getting out of it. Let's let me do something positive before we get back into WWE releases. Uh, the three men charged with killing Ahmad Arbery, they all went down, all which is convicted. awesome. They all were guilty. One of them cut a deal. That's uh, helpful in the situation um, because I think justice for all is not really all for justice, and that's sad but true in the state that we live in. And it's you know. We talk about wrestling here, but we also talk about life and world events. And mm-hmm. it's very, very telling that, you know, we have people who are guilty on one hand and someone who's not guilty on the other hand. Um, the justice system is skewed and flawed. And I think we are, as we continue to go forward in this millennium, learning that on a, a grander basis that people... Um, who are not just black or brown are coming to realize that, oh, this system is not working properly for everybody. So hopefully within, uh, you know, the next generation um, and not anything past that, things get fixed. So well, all I'm saying is that for Kyle, like um, we don't say his name Well, for KR uh, in a life type aspect, I wish him well. In a society aspect, somebody's going to go nuts and get him if he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, that's just how people are now. I mean, there was a plowing in a parade in Wisconsin in Waukesha. Shout out to David Hero and Blizzard Brawl that's happening uh, next week as this taping. Um, it is now getting to the point where the, the insane parts of society are starting to rise up. You know, whether they talk about stealing elections, whether they're talking about JFK is coming back uh, or uh, Mr. Orange is coming back, whatever. Y'all thought it was a trip when they said Tupac was still alive. And look where we at now. We're at pretty much. Black people, we were talking about Tupac still alive and other other people. And now, I mean, it, it was nostalgic for us. But now these people are taking it to the graves. They but taking again, it to the heart. It's it's it's. The product of the time we live in, I look at, there are so many factors. I mean, this is a whole different, a whole different podcast, a whole different set of discussions, but it's just the times that we live in. We are in the middle of uncharted territory as far as our lives go. There has never been a pandemic 
a world pandemic in anybody's lifetime, whether it be our mm. parents, our grandparents. Uh, we'd have to go back great, great, great to, you know, I don't know, the potato famine or something Spanish, crazy like that. Spanish flu or Spanish something. influenza um, to, to go a worldwide scale pandemic. And we live in a world that is huge, but the same measure small, where we're so used to certain things and without having our comforts of technology and nature, I think we lost, or a lot of people lost a lot of brain sales and the, the world is tro- ensued so the world is trolling everybody and it's not even funny hmm. that's how bad it is the world is just plain trolling life is trolling us and and uh the karen thing i thought that was gonna go away and that's still going on right now how would you think that would go away well at least a volume of karens and kins not I, at I, all i They're- thought it'd be that crazy person over there and actually know every other caucasian crazy woman is a karen I mean, if you the shoe fits there, honey, wear it. <laughs> Pretty much, but um, let's go back to WWE releases because I had I had to release some stuff off my chest as far as life and society. And for those who are listening, don't want to hear that. I apologize, but it's it's, it's the too real late world. Now. You already heard it. Yeah, pretty much. So with these WWE releases. Um, you know, every breaking news and rumor mill that comes about WWE, it starts to become truer by the rumors sometimes and what i say is is that there were rumors a while ago saying that they want to rebrand nxt and they want to make it uh they don't want to do the best of the indies anymore so in my mindset i was thinking like okay no more top indie people are going to get signed which i don't believe that on the whole but i think what they're trying to do is create a pipeline of if you want to be a wrestler come down to the performance center try out if we like you we sign you on you work out then you become on nxt we build your characterization up and promo work then you go into the main roster then you get fired and that's a matter of when (laughs) not in you get fired in the end well okay so this is what wwe's performance center was and is built for it is built for them to make homegrown quote-unquote talent So they've always had feeder lines. They've had OVW. They've had FCW. DSW. Um, they've had, yeah, DSW. So they've had feeder lines that would feed into um, either one of the two of the main rosters, a SmackDown or a Raw. Oh, uh, Farmland, Developmental. But the, uh, this is not. That, that's the term that they call it. But this is not new for WWE. What is new for, I think, the fans is. That they, we were so used to Triple H's NXT. We were used to that, you called it dirty and gritty kind of almost underground feel where you had the best of the best of the independent wrestlers mixed with a nice heaping of newer talent where you could see the developmental of the newer talent come along while you had the veteran talent as well doing what they do best, entertaining and showing a crowd, you know, what it is wrestling is all about. So this is not new. What is new for us is who's at the wheel? Who's in charge? Triple H, unfortunately. um, I talked about that on a recent episode. uh, Cardiac event that happened. I'm not going to joke about that because cardiovascular is real. I will not joke about it, but I will say, you know, I love me some Triple H. So the fact that I didn't give him a heart attack 
hurts me. Um, so I think I Vince McMahon gave him the heart attack when he wanted to change it up. We have never seen Triple H ever since NXT 2.0. But we again, just know like weeks before he man, had the cardiac yeah, event. Yeah, the man's, you know, man's on the man and the less stress the better. So, um, But again, this whole Triple H's NXT is definitely not what we're seeing now. We're seeing less indie talent and more of that quote-unquote homegrown WWE talent. That helps the WWE from a business perspective. They have less to worry about because when they sign these guys and girls to their developmental contracts, it is literally WWE building them from the ground up. They don't have to fight about rights and names at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, that's all business and branding. It's business and branding and it's easier for them to develop who they want as characters. They have preset characters. They're filling in the blanks now with these guys and girls to see who fits the mold. And at that point, once you're in that role, so to speak, if you can succeed in your role or if we have to do a recast or a rewrite. Uh, it's, it's basically what you're saying. It's just like TV and production. It is and, TV. And, and it shows. is production. It's entertainment. And also, speaking of presets, uh, you bought this during dinner Um at a certain point. I didn't see it until now because I just watch NXT. I don't really do a lot of Twitter and social media when it comes to people's accounts. But uh, saying that Mandy Rose looked like a palette swap now. <laughs> you jump in subjects, but that's okay. First of as a all, side note. her name is Mandisha Rose. <laughs> she is a black queen and she is the NXT Women's Champion. Mandisha Rose has come to take uh, NXT by storm with her Toxic Attraction crew. Which is great. Um, Gigi Dolan and... Um, Pris- well, Priscilla Kelly was... Formerly known as Priscilla Kelly. And I apologize, the other girl. I don't know her like that. Oh, um, God. Yeah, uh-huh. Her. Yeah. Anyway. So, I, I apologize, even, too, because I don't know. Even those two girls look darker now, being around Mandisha Rose. That's how black she is. She's so black. She got the pale girls being black. And it's okay. It's all good. Mandisha Rose is going to go out here and, and do what Brandy Rose could not do here in 2021, <laughs> which is unite all black people. That's what she Ooh, doing. Oh, God, that's a, that's a whole nother subject. Listen, I'm just telling you what Mandisha Rose's platform is. All like, I'm going to say is be. that Mandy Rose or or Mandisha Rose. 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 Got the... Uh, Got the white person's uh, appropriate tone of blackface on. Because mm. that's a lot of t- bronze tanner. That is like... Shiny it's, old Indian bronze. It's almost to the point where she brown as you. She's darker than me, <laughs> and if it was any darker, it would be blackface. Yes, and it's that's just what I meant. A half a shade away, and it's just like, wait, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You trying to skirt that? It listen, ain't blackface, but it kind of looks blackface. Listen, Mandisha Rose know what she's doing. Her tan is it, it makes my tan look like. You mean a sprayer? Her her tan, her naturally tan skin. Makes my skin look like a white sheet without the K's on it, okay? Like the, the crusty Kevin Durant skin? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say that, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, sometimes WWE does this, but nobody sees it. But they kind of try to institute that little black hip-hop role with not being black people. Listen, I don't know if WWE had a hand in her tan. But if they did, it was a heavy hand. So that's a dark tan. I think they got. I think she gets her tan the same where, uh, place where the Bucks get theirs. Because the Bucks look like Oompa Loompas uh, certain tapings. Mm, All that gosh. orange tan. Well, she didn't go orange. She went She went to the well, she, yeah. she went to the walnut tan. That's what they heard things say. It says walnuts. And she looked like a dark 
dark little uh, uh, nut. Okay. <laughs> Kukui nut. Um, there, there's um, there, there probably is a scale or something to say walnut, <laughs> orange, tangerine, and DT. Sorry. Wow. That's the, ultimate, that's the ultimate form of tan or DT. Wow. Dark tan. The, the greatest tan ever. Stop. Stop. <laughs> anyway, um, like I said, these releases are happening. We know that Keith Lee uh, was released. Uh, Mia Yim was released. Uh, the Morrison family was released. Uh, call it what it is because if, if uh, Frankie Monet got on the main roster, they would probably would have instantly hooked up them on a TV aspect. Um, no, because again, they didn't know what to do with them. Frankie Monet was just a palette swap of Taya Valkyrie without the name. Again, basically what they, she was. But remember, the whole reason these releases are happening is not necessarily budget. They're going to tell you budget, but they literally have nothing for them. They have no creative has nothing for that them. That is a better that that is a better release than budget cuts. I'm going to tell you that much. It's for you maybe, but then again, we're going to tell you budget cuts because from an investment standpoint, it sounds like we're doing our fiscal responsible job. Hey man, budget cuts. Good luck in your future endeavors. Oh, stop that! That hurts me. People power. <laughs> That's why uh, CM Punk. That uh, people look on YouTube. CM Punk versus John Cena uh, contract signing, and the things that Punk said ten years later applies heavy now. When Punk called him out and said, "Did did you are you the one that fired Vladimir Kozlov?" You know, he did all that, and I was just in shock, and I still feel that shock now. Or D.H. Smith, Harry Smith. Mm. Yeah, Harry Smith got let go, too. We never seen Harry Smith. Might be for who the, the hell brought Harry Smith in, and who the hell let him go? Well, I mean, whoever it is, it doesn't it can't matter. be the same person. Could be. Oh, Could be. goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, Keith Lee was out for months. Um, he had like a heart inflammation and some internal problems and he explained it in the video and personally my belief that was a strike uh, for him letting that information go even though WWE's try to be uh, discreet about their information um, it could be a lot of things but I'm glad that Keith Bearcat Lee is released I don't, don't have to see him Bearcat crap. I'm glad to see Keith Limitless Lee you know, they, as as uh, Mika Villa said, they didn't know how, what to do with him. Me, uh, not Mika. Uh, Keith Lee is very eloquent. He's very uh, agile, and they wanted him to be a big man, a big man wrestler. You know, never leaving your feet to the ground, and that's not what Keith Lee is. That's not what he. Uh, that's not how he, to. his his wrestling persona no. is. That's. Not what he does. The whole limitless is I can do anything. I am not just a one trick pony. I'm not just you see me and think only big man things. I can move. I can move and do things that cruiser weights or people half my weight can do. And that's not WWE's branding for their big man because that would change the game too much for them. They would have to have every big man do or attempt to do something along the same lines as what Keith does and that's not possible it's not even probable in a lot of these guys cases no knock against them because they're great in their own way but they're not Keith Lee in the WWE if nothing is a machine that cranks out pretty much the same wrestler just a different persona behind them 
And pretty much uh, Keith Lee was just organic and people loved him. So he's going to be a guy that's going to make some money once his, uh, his, uh, was it? No, he was on the roster. So it was 90 days. Mm-hmm. Once his 90 days, are, he's going to make some money. John Morrison's going to make some money. Frankie Monet. I'm trying to do this on the top of my head. Uh, who else got released? I think there's nary a person who's going to make money. Like, you're going to see Swerve make money. You're going to see... You say um, nary a person that's... Not going to make money. Everybody who got released, for the most part, for the most part... For the most part, I can, I is, can see is that. It's very, very talented. They're going to make money. And the question is, how? Will it be... Or what? In a, a, a big indie? Will they just go on an indie tour? Will they kind of sit back and restructure? Will they go into music? There is a lot of avenues for a lot of these folks outside of wrestling as well. So the the question is not just a lot of money. It's what they want to do. Do they want to jump back into wrestling? Do they want to jump back into the independent scene? Or do they want to venture out? Taya Valkyrie has a clothing line. I have a couple shirts. Um, she loca, loca. literally go back into her fashion designing and, and go that route. She doesn't necessarily have to lace up another pair of fuzzy boots if she doesn't want to. Um, or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I love Taya. She's a good friend. Or if she ever wanted to start a family, maybe. But I'm not judging or anything because it her happens. Babies, they're fine. I well, mean, but again, shout to Presley. There's there's so many different routes, so many different avenues. The release, the releases suck. They really do because again, a lot of people, um, and and I know fans too think that the end all be all, the dream of all dreamers of wrestlers in general is to get to the WWE. Yes. Now, while that is true in a lot of cases, that should not be the end goal for you if you're a wrestling professional. Sure. The WWE, you grew up watching it. You Number watched one a lot company. Of, you watched a lot of your favorites. You've had posters on your walls of some of these guys and girls. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, the WWE is not what a wrestler needs if they want to wrestle. If you want to be a sports entertainer, if you want to maybe go a route that is mostly entertainment and not physically as challenging as regular wrestling is, then the WWE is probably the spot for you. Um, if you want to use that to maybe jump into some other superstardom, i.e. your Stone Cold, your Rocks, and what have you, then the WWE is for you. But if you want to be a wrestler, if you love getting in front of a crowd and you love the physicality, the literal blood, sweat, and tears of it all, the WWE is not for you because they are telling us and have been telling us for years that they are sports entertainment. And that's also that instituted the whole independent contractor uh, ordeal. You remember Dark Side of the Ring with, uh, uh, what's his name? He slapped the reporter. Uh, Dr. D. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. No, no, no. Um, Larry Schultz. Mm-hmm. He was one that slapped uh, uh, Castle, John Castle when he asked him, was wrestling fake? And he clapped his ears. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, I think you saw it though, I'm not sure. Uh, at the end of the episode, they classified the WWE as an entertainment company, not a sports company. And that's where that independent contractor came in. So, like, you get paid for it, but you're going to have to front your own insurance, front your own taxes, a lot of that stuff. There's a whole, God, we could podcast, I know I could, about the 
the evils of independent contracting in the WWE. Please hold it for April 15th. Yeah, but we're, we're not going to go there right now because... We need like 15 hours. <laughs> we got to do that the first of April, like after WrestleMania and talk about taxes. And maybe I can get Mike Rotunda to get on the podcast mm-hmm. for that one. <laughs> IRS, Erwin R. Scheister. And I, th- I thought about it as a kid. I was like, wait, wait, his name was Scheister? Little, little, uh, uh. Little, 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 little kind of twisty, yeah. No, no, it's a, a, a subliminal, hated, subliminal Vince message hated or something. Paying taxes. Yes. He called the IRS a bunch of shysters. What better way to do whoa, it? Whoa, whoa! IRS shysters. Erwin R. R. Shyster. Yeah. That's a name. That's that's it. Boy, boy, that was an incredible character. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, with these releases, uh, going back to brand, like they're not—they're going to make some money because vendors going to pick them up. Come see former WWE NXT star fill in the blank, and those people would be lined up with their encyclopedias and their title belts, whether the person ain't hold the belt or not, uh, which is an issue for me. Stop. Um, Next subject. Well, I'm just saying, if you ain't held damn belt, then why, sign, why you sign the set, let, let damn belt? Let it go. Let it go. Even even Let it go. even you, Virgil. Do you own a title belt? Even Virgil. Do you own a title belt? Why are you worried about these people? Let them let them sign whatever. Okay, it ain't gonna make money on eBay. Do you earn, own a title belt? Okay. okay, so anyway, with these releases, uh, probably like a handful of people that were like you never heard of them. They were in the developmental uh, system uh, uh, apart from NXT, and um, I think they can. I think they can rebound a little bit too. They'll be fine. So. Uh, I watched AEW Full Gear. Very enjoyable. Uh, did you watch it? I think I did. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Okay. I barely remember yesterday. Well, Hangman won the title. Congratulations uh, to Hangman. Oh boy, shit. Yeah, pretty much. And it's funny that the next episode was in Norfolk, Virginia, of all places, on ODU campus. What do you mean, of all places? By design. Yeah, by design. And also, Virginia is not for lovers. I mean, they loved him, so that's... And he's that's from Northern it. Virginia, so... They, they loved him. That's all that mattered. Yeah, okay. Um, but you mentioned... One thing I wanted to talk to you about months ago was CM Punk coming back because that was okay. a very monumental thing. And Shh. I talked to you... That was a static. I'm sorry. Shh. <laughs> it was very monumental, and I said that um, it, he made me pop when he said, I came back to wrestling. No, in 2006... Or five, I left professional wrestling, and in 2021, I came back to professional wrestling, and that popped me. Mm-hmm. And um, I showed you Booker T. He said that Punk didn't really grab the, he didn't really take the opportunity. Uh, but the problem was, and I saw it, you saw it, that that arena was on fire that that's night. That's not a problem. That's they a were great exploding. Thing to have. No, no, I didn't say that's a problem. I said the problem is when he said it, I was wondering what the hell was he looking at because the arena exploded when Punk came out. I think people likes to crying. hear himself talk sometimes. And no offense, but Booker has these takes of, you're like this, of an old man on the porch. Of these kids today don't know what it's like, and he didn't say it the way I would have said. And back in my day, Booker has that old man mentality sometimes, and it's really sad because he has a platform and a voice that does carry and reach out to different aspects of wrestling. 
Punk came back and the man could have said, hello, Chicago, good night. And they would have died and cried and mm-hmm. been, yes. it would have been yes. the best promo he's ever done in his entire world because by design, AEW, Tony Khan made sure he bought an arena last minute. Mm-hmm. Sold out an arena mm-hmm. last minute. Mm-hmm. He did something that you're not supposed to do. They did not advertise, but they did let it be known that Punk was going to be there. Again, you're not supposed to do that because it's false advertising because he didn't really say that he'd be there, but you knew he was going to be there and he was there. But also uh, the week before, they dropped a lot of references and uh, said, on the show. Said a lot, but, but that's did subliminal. not confirm, did not say yeah. straight out. By the way, CM Punk will be in the building. They they kept dropping hints. a lot of references. Yeah, they, they threw so many hints. They threw so many you know references, so many subliminal cues and messages. But again, especially in twenty twenty one in this wrestling society that we live in, you do that, you have to deliver. We'll go back to that have to deliver part later. But again, at this point, the frenzy of the people. Who paid money to be in those seats. The people who paid money to watch that pay-per-view. The people who tuned in, came back to wrestling, heard about it. The different media sources that were talking they about did. it. You had Sports Illustrated and, and, and Time. You had... All them the, sheets. All the dirt sheets. Besides the oh, dirt no, sheets. Oh, no, no, no. I was saying all the major papers. All the major papers. And the dirt sheets. Yes, but yes, you yes. You even had... There was a, a MMA fight that talked about it, that said, hell, mm-hmm. tomorrow night in Chicago, it'll be bigger than this, what's happening right... Mm-hmm. You had major media coverage for this. Booker watched and was part of all that and still had the nerve to say, that was wrong. You can't say it was wrong when everything, everything I- was so right. And that's why I say Booker has that old man on the porch mentality where... Bless, bless his heart, as we say down in south. In this church. We're in North Carolina, too, so. Bless his heart, as we bless say down heart. south. He sounded a little touched. And I don't mean touched like, you know, he's slow. No, he no. sounded jealous. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not a wrestler. But if I was, I'd be jealous, too, because I don't know that I... I'm from Chicago. I know I sure as hell ain't getting that kind of reception in my hometown. Booker can go back to Mm-mm. Texas, Houston, or whatever. He not getting that kind of reception in his town. Nobody to date in wrestling or I can't think of any a sport. And y'all come at me. Tell me. Hit me at Mika Villas if I'm wrong. But tell me an athlete, a performer who's come back to their hometown and had these set of circumstances happen that the world was not watching and along for the ride. Nobody. I will say I will say it was to the point number one. Uh, CM Punk pop that happened in Chicago. It got to the point where people like Dave Meltzer said that that was bigger than Road Warrior pop. It's a CM Punk pop, and they coined that. The other thing is you you kept referencing old man on the porch, which is a great uh, which is a great example for the old school versus the new school. Booker T did not really agree with it, but guess who did? And rode that wave. And that was Jim Cornette. You want to talk about old man on the porch. And I heard that video and he was like, 
what the hell was Booker watching? People were crying. Babies were being thrown. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, because Jim, Jim and Brian yeah. Lass, they're, they're very funny. And I can take them in certain doses when it comes to randomness. I don't listen to them when it comes to matches unless, like, I see something in the match I wanted to point out. But really, I did not watch Rampage. I saw it on YouTube. And watching a YouTube cast on my own television, I felt that 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 emotion in my heart. I watched and that it was live. Taped. And that was taped. I watched That's it how live. bad it was. That's how impactful it was. I watched it live. I was at work. I turned it up in the lobby of my building. <laughs> and when I tell you the feeling in my yes. chest, my heart started like beating all fast. I was like on the verge of tears. And I'm not like an emotional person. Was it when he was in the ring not to cut you off? Just the hearing the static. The static of the, the cult of personality. The static of the cult of personality. Okay. Like I inhaled like... <gasps> Because oh, again, at that point, it had been teased, but not promised. And we are wrestling fans. We've been swerved before. And also, Punk is those types where it's like, if he ain't feeling it, he ain't feeling it. Right. And he walked out on WWE just like, look, F you and everybody, you know, that that issue right there and just walked out and said, I'm not looking back. Right. So when, when Mika said that, I felt the same way. And because the week before they were referencing all over and I was like, come on, man. Punk ain't gonna do it. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna do it. And when it happened, I saw the video. I was like, oh, I saw the thumbnail. I was like, oh, shit, he did come back. Mm-hmm. He did get in the ring. And I felt it. People, I saw the the, the uh, shots of people crying in mm-hmm. the crowd. I have never, like, like there have been moments in wrestling. I have never seen grown-ass men cr- with the Viola Davis snot cry on camera. Like, you took a kid's ice cream or something it was that and he did that i'm sorry to spoil that he did that at the end of the night so when that happened i said okay i didn't believe it was gonna happen but it happened and i felt it in my veins and i'm a big i'm a big punk fan when he walked out i was a bigger fan so when now he called out darby allen and they had the match at uh all in and Next, you know, I got on Twitter. Damn, why ain't seeing Punk going for the title? Why ain't doing this? Why ain't doing that? Because you don't know fucking Punk. You don't know him. It is. It's not about titles for Punk, and it's never been about titles. It's always been about working and integrity. It's about working that next person or somebody who's really good. Mm-hmm. Not to discredit any champions, because mm-hmm. your champion at the time was was it Kenny? It was Kenny. And, you know, Kenny Omega, you give the man all his props, but the champion is not necessarily the best person to work with, to be in a program with. It's about that raw hunger. And and Punk will be the first to tell you that it's about storytelling. Yes. And the story there with Darby was a simple story. Punk Mm -hmm. faced his younger self in a Darby Allen. He faced himself, some punk kid who's an outcast, who's different, who's not like everybody else, who's a little bit too skinny, who, you know, a lot of people all, say, all the All the wrestling negatives of yesteryear. Uh, all the wrestling negatives that Darby gets, Punk has gotten. Yes. Um, and he has said as much, and it's true. If you go back and look at Punk's career and, and see some of the things that people have said about him over the years... Darby is punk. Punk is Darby. And I, and when I saw Darby and Evolve, you know, it, again, it's just that little set, like like cheeseburger almost. Even though Darby has more uh, muscle mass, it's like why? And that's not saying a lot. That, boy ain't got that much muscle. Yeah. So uh, I look at Darby. I was like, what's this dude gonna do? He, he ain't gonna impress nobody. But the stuff that he was doing, 
it was like, oh my God, he's willing to throw his body anywhere uh, in the match. And to go back to a to the previous episode, I just released the interview with All Ego Ethan Page. I asked Ethan about uh, Evolve 82 in Queens, New York, because I was there. The moves where he put Darby Allen in a body bag, filled it up with thumbtacks, kept smacking with a chair into the Eagle's edge with thumbtacks in the bag. It's just like, whoa, this dude would do anything. I mean, I'm not saying he'll do anything, anything. He'll do anything just to prove a point. And that's a crazy and point. That, and I met Darby and I said, man, you got the biggest balls I've ever seen in wrestling. Hmm. Like, you would just do almost anything. He's not the Joey Janela, I'm going to fall off the top of the building and slice my thumb while doing it. But he's the guy that says, I'm a coffin drop and the person going to move in and I'm going to hit my back to the apron, which hurts. So, uh, that's passion. It's, it's, that, it's that's true, passion and, true and passion. Really want to give your all for the story. Because again, Darby, especially now at this point, could probably call his shots and say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. No, you're not going to throw me around. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to do this. And he's a couple years in too. But he's not like that. He, yeah. he, he's, he's very willing to work with everybody and willing to take things that most other people would go, hell no, I'm not going to do that. And Ethan Page was one of them. He, he said, I'm not, I'm not, he's like, you sure? The thumbtacks? And he said, do it. And he did it. And it got over big in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why their feud in AEW doesn't, just pales in comparison to that. Because I've seen that. Anyway, um, CM Punk came back. Now he's putting over younger talent. And as of this recording, good Lord. I'm so the torn. latest feud it is on fire they have not even they have they've not, not even touched. touched each other they've not touched and uh i could say like the that is punk and one mjf maxwell jacob freeman who is better than you and you know it and the stuff that they were saying it was like shots shots and more shots you want to talk about gloves off you want to talk about punk working with people who Again, not necessarily the champions of the sport, but people who I think he sees a lot of himself in and people who he sees tons of unlimited potential. Here's your MJF. A lot of people will talk crap about MJF, but the fact of the matter is the kid is good at what he does. Everybody hates him and he makes sure. He lives the gimmick, y'all. When I tell you the boy lives the gimmick, he does. And Punk, bless his heart too, lives the gimmick. And it's not really so much a gimmick, it's who he is. But again, picking up a microphone and speaking your mind and doing and saying whatever you want to somebody, that is not easy. It's a gift of gab that a lot of people do not have. I've sat here and watched people on the independent level. And also level. resistance, too, because of the certain shots that they do. I mean, but I've watched people on the independent level. When you tell them, uh, put a camera or a mic in their hand in front of their face and say, cut a promo, freeze. They cannot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are not able to. Punk and MJF have the uncanny ability. If you say, cut a promo on this top to the bottle of Sprite that I'm drinking, they will cut a promo on the bottle top. Right off the top of the head. And it'll be the best promo you ever heard. 
So again, this uh, is Punk facing himself again in a different way, the way I see it. Look, um, I got to disagree with you on the sprite part because uh, Eddie Kingston can do that. He did it with a cookie. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm I joking said, with uh, you. Some people, Eddie yeah. is one. Of, there, yeah. there's Eddie is one of the people who will. Yeah, Eddie can I, cut a promo. Honestly, I personally, and this is from me personal standpoint, not not out front business standpoint. I didn't think Punk and Eddie Kingston needed to fight, but the fact that Eddie Kingston is not over in certain people's heads. It's um, ridiculous. The, the, yeah, that, is, that part's ridiculous. They had to do something. Um, I did find the parking lot pull apart between Eddie and Punk funny, though, because Eddie, to me, is a killer. Yes, he and is. And, like, some of the not, little not halted security. Me. Eddie's a killer. Some Don't. of that halted security stuff that he does, I find it funny because Eddie can get over that. Eddie would die to prove his point. I have met Eddie Kingston a couple times, and the guy is no different than the guy he's on television. Not, not a smidgen of difference. I think maybe, just maybe, on TV, there is a half an inkling of self-control, and sometimes that might lose itself out the window because Eddie is himself. He's mm-hmm. not portraying a character. Like, we just watched this past episode when... Um, um, it's really it, I call him Ever Rise from WWE, but it's two point oh or right. something like that. But they, it's they just Ever Rise right. to me and Garcia. They were messing with him backstage, and Eddie was eating. Just the little subtle movements. If you go back and you watch, Eddie had a fork in his hand, and he took the fork and was ready to use it as a weapon to stab somebody. Little hint. It's just little things like that. That's Eddie on the street. Mm-hmm. That's Eddie. On a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just any place out in public, hell, might be at his kitchen table. Just in general, in case somebody want to rise up, I'm going to stab you with this fork. It's those little things like that that make Eddie... I think it's from Yonkers, too. So amazing because it's not a character. It is probably one of the realest portrayals of a persona that you're going to get on television. And that's what makes Eddie so good. And the fact that... He's a great wrestler that he can go in here. He could brawl. He can be technical. Eddie can do it all. And he's a genuinely nice human being. Stay on his good side. Yep, absolutely. Please do. But he's if he's if you're good to Eddie, Eddie's good to you. Mm-hmm. If you are not good to Eddie, whew, well, it was nice knowing you, bub. It's, I mean, and I can I can probably compare Eddie to New Jack, but I won't. Mm. Um, but Eddie Kingston, I think he's from Yonkers, and those Yonkers types from New York. Watch your mouth and watch your ass. That's all I can say. Um, but like I said, Punk is putting people over. He's putting people say, look, look at this guy. You know who I am. I'm having a match with this guy, but I want you to focus on this guy. Mm-hmm. Punk fought. He's, Punk is 7-0. Punk has fought Darby Allen. He's fought Danny Garcia, who nobody knew, not even me. And uh, Garcia, I think people he, outside of the independence in the IWTV realm didn't know who um, Dan Garcia was. A lot of people did, but a lot more eyes are now yes. on Dan Garcia, who is having. And he had a match with uh, Suzuki also. Dan Garcia is having the matches of a lifetime mm-hmm. in one person. He is getting to step into the ring with some legendary names, and this kid is only on the rise yeah. he's not like a veteran of x amount of years where you know he's so good that right now you know it's his time and he is shining he is stepping up to the plate and hitting home runs 
every time. And that's the part of wrestling I do like, where if somebody sees somebody and say, I want this guy, nobody can really see him, I want to work with him and put him out there. That is the part that I like. I don't like the part where I'm not going to mess with this new kid. Give me somebody that's already established and we're going to have a match. Not unless you're trying to make an example to say, what we did, that's what you did. Mm -hmm. So I like younger people going over. Um, I can't say the same thing for Brian Danielson yet. Uh, there's certain because he's not doing it the way that Punk is doing it. It's just that you just see Brian Danielson, then you see the opponent, and you gauge from that. But the MJF Punk feud, they cannot fight for six months, and everybody will still be foaming at the mouth over seeing that. Just from Punk coming out, seeing MJF, MJF reaches his hand out, looks at the hand, smirks, and walks back out. Mm-hmm. And that kind of silence spoke volumes. Everybody was like, oh, my God, these punk and MJF, punk and MJF. You know, that is the anticipation that I keep talking about. So that's why, you know, I had this uh, earlier tonight. That's why I had this conversation saying that I want WWE to be good. I want to get to the point where this happened on WWE. What you got, AEW? You want miracles, huh? I want straight up competition to the point where... The, even if the internet wars, you know, it would be actual, it would be more legit than what it is. You're asking for a lot from WWE because that's. Not I'm not asking for a lot from Twitter from what I'm saying right oh, now. Well, good luck. But, but the thing about it is, is that AEW has hijacked the Democrat. Hmm. 18 to 49. Demo God. And Jericho talked about it, but it's also true. Um, I have people that I know whose kids watch WWE and they like it. You know, I like watching WWE. But if I showed them the indie scene, AEW scene, and Ring of Honor, or whatever, I would screw them kids up <laughs> completely. Not you know, screw them up. I was gonna say I would f them up. F them kids. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> hey, 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 little X said that. No, 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 no. I mean, f them kids. Okay, go ahead. Well, MJF said it, and little X said it. F them kids. And I think MJF has a shirt with that. Yes, he does. F them kids. So remember, remember when he... AC uh, Mack has a shirt like that, too. Say F them kids. Remember he, uh, MJF and the kid with the middle finger? Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about being in character. F them kids. I'm with y'all. But, uh, Mack and, and Friedman, I'm with you. F but, them kids. But they... they uh, you need a Burberry scarf, too. I got one. Okay. So, uh, Punk and MJF... I don't know this for tr- for sure, but I think this is the second best promo of the year. I don't know if it was the heat. I don't know if it was the intensity. I think Punk is number one. Mm-hmm. Punk returning is number one. And this is what people like in wrestling. We like when we shoot, we trying to get the audience engaged. When we tell the truth, and the truth ain't a lie. Rosie O'Donnell, Triple H references. MMA uh, references. MMA references. Uh, Jealous fan references. And MJF called Punk a meth. <laughs> Looking like a meth. Head. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, uh, so we shooting now. We really going to get down. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, how dare you be right and wrong at the same time, Maxwell? Um, I like to see Max and uh, Kingston get on in a promo battle. <laughs> oh, Kingston is oh. a bulldog, he's a pit bull. I'm scared of that. <laughs> I think he would eat MJF up. I don't know if MJF is ready for Eddie. Ready for Eddie. And also, MJF has had uh, promo work done with Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had fun with the picture that people uh, put out there. It's like, can I say it? I, Mike Tyson, I dare you to say it. Mm-hmm. I dare see? you to say the word. See? See? Look. You're not ready for Eddie because Iron Mike was like, what? What you say, boy? No. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So again, um, um, AEW has been on stride. So I'm praying that WWE makes a comeback in front office and in development, uh, not character development and storylines. Because right now, the number one storyline to me in WWE is an NXT 2.0. Yeah. You don't think that Charlotte Becky's storyline was number one? Because that wasn't story. Them, them girls was really... Them girls really... You talk about that belt exchange? The belt exchange, the hate, the real hate there, the real tension, the real cattiness, the real I'm the top uh, bitchness. You know, I want to get into that, but I keep thinking like sometimes talent push each other to work the audience. And I'm not saying that that can never happen. Because honestly, with the four horsewomen, let alone two, you can pull some stuff out of best friends. Best friends make the best enemies mm-hmm. because they know stuff. They know stuff about each other. And and they they know a line where you don't cross, mm-hmm. but you want to push the audience to. Oh, he said that. You know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Uh, who else were best friends that had feuds? That that gotta be That's number one. That's probably the number one. Okay. Um, but I believe that I believe to me it's part of work. They they bring in intensity, but it's part work. Yes, people are talking about heat on Charlotte Flair. I don't know that for sure. Um, even there was a, a little rumor going around about unfollowing people mm. on social media, but I don't know because I think that's a trolling move too. If not, dirt sheets are not picking it up. And I don't know if it's so much trolling because it was real personal. But the fact of the matter is, for me, should we talk about it? Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. For me, you don't have to pay for that one. For me, I'm starting a Patreon. Oh, God. For me, seeing that heated exchange roll out into public. Because, professionally speaking, Charlotte was 100% right when she cut that promo saying that when people were cheering for Becky or asking for Becky when Charlotte was in the ring, she's going, no, Becky's at home with her baby. She's not here. I'm here and I've been here. She was 100% right, you know. No knock to Becky going to have Mm, a baby or whatever. But Charlotte was true. She was like, I'm here. I'm putting in the work. So here comes Becky back, getting all this praise, all this adulation, automatically getting a title, you know, put back around her waist. And Charlotte had to work for the title. She didn't automatically get now. Was she in the title picture? Yes. But she had to work her way to get into the matches or what have you. When Mm -hmm. Becky just strolled right up and said, hi, I'll take that title, please. Thank you, Bianca. See you later. And we both agreed on... I, I think we both agree what I, what I said about the match. At uh, one point, what I said, where if Bianca was going to lose that, at least give like 10, 15 it, it should minutes have, it. It should have been it, give the girl at least a Divas match. Maybe. Yes. Give her at least four minutes, bell start to start, and that didn't happen. But anyway, um, yeah. The, and, and also, I had an issue with that. I think I discussed this earlier. That SummerSlam match, uh, which... Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair, I found a lot of things wrong with that. Number one, uh, Sasha Banks had uncertainty. I don't know what that issue was, but fans were instantly invested in that match. They kept pushing it into the last minute because that match was uh, quote-unquote match of the year. Potential. uh, Potential match of the year. uh, Well, match of the year for WWE. But... To bring that match back again and everybody getting excited for it, yes, that was good. It, was, it brought the people to the stadium, they bought the ticket, and the swerve. And, and, and honestly, they before advertised they advertised and did not deliver. And WWE, they, huh? And they swerved with 
Carmella. The most beautiful woman in WWE. I have nothing against uh, Leah Van Dale, but that was a slap in the face to a lot of people based on her position on the roster. She had literally just gotten beat like on Friday Night Smackdown at Rolling Loud. Uh, she Ugh, lost to I hated that setup. But I'm just like, how do you keep losing and now you're back for a match? Were there not any other girls there? Where was Naomi? Where was the ASH Nikki? Where was, I don't know, who's the ring announcer? Anybody else but Carmella could have come into the ring and took that bump out to have Becky come in if you necessarily needed that particular bump to happen, which you didn't. You could have used Carmella's entrance time to give the girls more time in the ring. It could have been like, Sasha Banks can't be here tonight. We got a super replacement. Oh. And, and that people pop for that, though. That, that would have been perfect. But yeah. no, whatever. Again, WWE, if you need me to help you, I am a black woman. And I actually know wrestling. And I can write. So you don't have to worry about me going on interviews and embarrassing the company. I got you. I don't know about wrestling, but I can write. Out the door. You out. <laughs> So, uh, that happened, and then when Punk came back, WWE claimed that they didn't do this, but they rolled back the Brinks truck or set up that uh, Cash App account, a generous amount to Brock Lesnar, or should Brock I say... Brock Lesnar. Or should I say Man Bun Lesnar. Oh, his got- little Man Bun is so cute. <laughs> he was the pretty beast incarnate. <laughs> I wanted to pet his head and know that I get my hand snapped nah, off. Nah, 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 nah. And just because I was like, oh, look at the, oh, my arm. Ripped out of the socket, you know. Either that or by Sable. Uh, I'm not worried about her. Oh, I can yeah. take her him. Mm. I, I'm not, I'm scared of him. And we're around the corner from Jimmy John's too, so. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you be- might want to beef up before you do, before you mm-hmm. do that task. Um, so anyway, with, with with that, I'm just doing a little bit reviewing because Mika Villas wasn't there. I've been on assignment, um, guys. I'm sorry. Her, her schedule has just been her schedule. I just said what it was. You ain't got to explain what I explained. I said it before. I said it. And then she reiterated. Um, so so uh, Punk is putting people over. Uh, All Out was like the pay-per-view of the year, um, 2021. Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Dave, St- Dave Meltzer gave it 10 stars. <laughs> Um, he just making it rain like with the stars, even though Dave, do? even though Dave Meltzer has been saying some salacious stuff over the years. I mean, it's Meltzer. What do we expect? Who made him wrestling god? Who uh, knows? A lot of fans. Well, they need to stop that. And I said that on one episode. He's like Dave Meltzer said. Dave Meltzer said. Dave Meltzer. Meltzer and Cornette could go. Part of my French, y'all circle jerk each other, and we should not care. Let them do whatever they're gonna do. And I like we, Cornette too. He's he just funny yeah, to me. Uh-huh. We shouldn't buy into the craziness. Again, old man on the porch syndrome. There are tons of people out there. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Are wrestling correspondents that if you listen to them or read their feeds or whatever, 10 billion times better. Than the old men who are on the porch. Well, you're talking about a guy who's throwing opinions, and then you talking about the the people who are actually throwing the the wordings and the rumblings around. So, I'm talking about the people who back in my day, which are Cornette, because Cornette used to work in all the systems and all the territories back in that early 40s and 50s or whatever <laughs> the hell you know, back in the day, the turn of the century, back before you know. You know, Sundown Towns went away. Oh, they have not went away. Never mind. But I'm just saying, Cornette is a old guard. And the old guard 
refuses for the most part sometimes he does but for the most part they refuse to give props to the new guard and they tear down more than they build up if you're going to tear down something that you say that you love you don't really love it now now here's the thing about Cornette and I should have said I should have had this because this point in my in, uh, viewpoint that I have is ever since he exited NWA um when you when you watch the raw to leave NWA, you mean when when you watch the Raws and the Smackdowns, I don't listen to what he says about it unless it's like the Charlotte Becky situation that happened with the belts, or even AEW like that because he's going to be the highly critical uh, old man on the porch. That's what he does. Certain matches he do bring points that can come in, so I don't discount him like a lot of people do. Because he's been there in in that time. Buy one get one old man free. I did. But but the thing about it is, no, I think he has more points than Meltzer has. Uh, I would listen to his viewpoint, but that doesn't mean I have to be like Fox News and right far right wingers saying like I believe everything he says. It's just that okay, this spot should have happened in the match, but it didn't. It was like, and then I watched it the uh, tape again. It's like okay, so I see where he's going with that. And then the other part where it's like, oh, they shouldn't have did it like this. It was all phony bullshit. I was like, yeah, that's Cornette being old man on the porch. So when it comes to opinions and viewpoints of people, I listen to it and I go by my own mindset and see if the patterns line up themselves. See, wrestling is a one of those things where it's a absolute viewpoint or absolutes, a thing of absolutes. You absolutely love it. You absolutely hate it. You absolutely listen and subscribe to this person and their opinions, or you absolutely do not. There is hardly a medium ground that is met when it comes to especially people in like Meltzer and Cornette. You either take them full on face value for the most part. That's what most fans are going to do. Most fans are fans. Now, those of us who have some ties closer in the business who have different jobs or have been around we will take these guys and girls some and kind of meet that happy medium and go okay i can take some of column a and some of column b and make my own c but fans don't have that same luxury they don't have the same viewpoint even though and this is where i come in with a podcast that you can listen to right but even though we have you know the smart the smartest fans of wrestling ever mm-hmm. because we live in an information age where we share and the wrestlers themselves share so much of behind the scenes what's going on behind the curtain you still have that series of absolutes that fans buy into kayfabe is not dead it's there it's the listening and the way fans adhere to and watch and go about how they feel about what's happening. That's for me how I look at kayfabe now. Like people are going to buy into Meltzer and say he is absolutely right. Jim knows his stuff. He's been doing wrestling for a while. Or you're gonna have Jim is a dumb dumb. He's an old man. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm. There is no happy medium from a fan point of view, and that's what makes it both interesting and dangerous. Uh, I say dangerous because people get so fired up and worked up about these opinions, especially on social media. Fights break out and and words being thrown around. Words being thrown, fights break out. People say things, especially behind these keyboards Mm -hmm. that are just ridiculous. And it's like, why would you get so worked up behind the words of somebody online? 
Jim Gordon doesn't give a crap about you. <coughs> Excuse me, Meltzer doesn't care about us. And we're not really... I feel like I want to make a fight. voice. I want to make a voice, and I have an opinion, and I'm going to say it. And and again, it's fun and it's yeah. dandy, but to, to get so outrageously out of pocket with your words and sometimes actions when you get to real-life situations behind keyboards, I'm just like, for real? This started on Twitter? Are you kidding me? Get out of here. And now it's getting to the point where, other than dirt sheets, Twitter is the place where you learn your news, like uh, right-wingers on Facebook. Mm. So... Again, um, I listen to these stories and I try to get details out of it and I try to put the patterns together and just form it like that. I'm not going to fight to the death over uh, somebody listening to Meltzer or not or whatever Meltzer says, whatever Sean Ross Sapp says, whatever. Fight to the death. Uh, whatever uh, Andrew Zarian says. I'm not going to do that. I was like, okay, this is what they're saying. Is it true or is it false? Plain and simple. And just like now that Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Steen's contract about to run out in January and the Bucks are trolling him saying like their Mount Rushmore is coming back in uh, wrestling. And, and then you see the Kevin Owens character on TV. He don't care about anything anymore. He's just getting beat and jobbed out and walking out on his own team. And you see that same thing with Johnny Gargano. He just signed a week extension so he can work the, uh, the NXT uh, special show. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and people's like, oh, Johnny Wrestling's going to AEW. It could be negotiations of, uh, I want more money, don't fire me based on being short or, or whatever. you know, get my wife taken care of because yes. she's way on maternity leave. And I think they have a boy now. <clears throat> but there's like a whole lot of different aspects that could be happening. And we, you know, as fans and pundits, we're all speculating in this and that. And the other. It's like, man, here's, here's the deal. Here's the golden rule that everybody forgets. Just shut up and be a fan. That's yes, it. absolutely. And and a, and a lot because the contract stuff I hear is like somebody's contract's running out. I was like, oh, they better sign somewhere because I don't want it to be this 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 uh, forbidden pipeline. Should I say? Oh, Not you were you were pipeline. you were in WWE. Come on over to AEW. We'll take you. We'll take you. And that's why when people talk about AEW, they're like, oh, it's gonna be WCW 2.0 or mm-hmm. whatever. And I kind of agree with them, but I wholly do not. Because the thing about a lot of this talent that gets released is like, they'll go on Jericho's podcast and be like, you know, I talked to Vince and I wanted to do this character. I wanted to do it and they rejected me. And I was sitting at home for like three months and I wanted to go somewhere and I got my re- my release notes. What are you going to do? You're in WWE making this kind of money. So why not AEW? Because you can make the same type right. of money. Um impact if Anthem got that kind of money. Maybe you can do it from there. So you're coming off of one bracket and you don't want to go back to indie hot dog and handshake. You're going to be like, I was in WWE, but I'm willing to take a cut because now I got to go travel and go to beyond. I got to go to PWG and I got to do all that. So that's my whole thing right there. And I have a guy that I see almost every day and he'll say, hey, did you watch Dynamite? And I tell him, I say, look, I like this. I like that. I like this. I like that. And have a positive conversation. That's what I bought home from it. Now, from the latest Dynamite episode this week, the number one topic, CM Punk and MJF. That's all it was. And number two, why does Chicago hate Cody Rhodes? Why does the world hate Cody Rhodes? It's not just Chicago. And this is segue into my next point. Cody Rhodes deleted Twitter. Again? His Twitter. Again? <laughs> Because Brandy did at one point as well. I think Brandy did. Brandy did. She's back. But Brandy Good did Lord. delete Twitter 
Cody has deleted the Rhodes family has deleted Twitter once again. Did, we, we need to count on those no, things. It's been this many days since the Rhodes family has deleted Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask this question because I'm maybe not sure. And I just read it from the headlines. Do they delete their Twitters or do, do they just deactivate them? Because I don't know. Because I, I, I see the fan count and when they come back and it's like, it's. I don't know the difference. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I don't think I follow either one of them. I'm almost positive that I do not. Algorithm-wise, so, uh, algorithm I don't follow Cody Rhodes, but I am following him. Brandy, me? Uh, um, you said you don't follow Cody, but you're following him. No, I said algorithm-wise. Like, it don't show up in the timeline. Yeah. Algorithms and showing oh. and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I'm assuming that they deactivate. But again, I have no clue how that works because I'm not a person enough that I will delete or deactivate Twitter because everybody has an opinion. Mm-hmm. And when you are a public figure, they're going to give it to you whether you like it or not. It is up to you to pick and choose your battles if you learned that phrase growing up. I will pick and choose my battle and my battle with some nameless, uh, unwashed mass who lives in his mommy's basement. 200 followers or 24 or something. Well, if that, you know, I'm not going to fight that fight. Some things don't need a response. And some some things, things are just plain ignorant. And some things... If I respond to it, it is even above me to do so. Me being if I was in one of their positions, not myself. But I'm responding and I don't need to. It's below me. But I'm giving the benefit of my information on this. And that's it. So Brandy and Cody deleting their Twitters and what have you based on their hate. You're a public figure. Take that hate and run with it. You are in a VIP role in a major wrestling company. Run with it. If they hate you, let them hate you. Continue to feed me more hate. But uh, but um, honestly, you just gave me an idea for a shirt. Uh, if they're below me, blow me. Mm. <laughs> Good for a wrestling promo, I mean, but it is attitude era friendly. Um. Yeah, I, I think I don't know when they started booing Cody, but it, it was a point where uh, people that were in, scheduled to interview him, he said he's not turning heel because of blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Cody and, said something when he cut his promo on whatever show it was about his little child and I was about to go there. and all that. That's when everything kind of started going downhill. Now here's the thing about for those who don't know. Cody Rose was in a uh, feud with Anthony Agogo, who's like a former boxer, British boxer, but he's also of, a, of mixed race descent. Cody Rose, however, is married to Brandy Rose, and they were expecting a child of mixed race descent. So when Cody Rose became the American Nightmare and an American ended up like his father, Dusty Rose, he was saying, I'm fighting for my half black child. Uh, the, the freedom of my half black child, unborn half black child, by fighting somebody who's half black yet they're British also, and it just didn't go over too well. No, it didn't go over it, well it, at all. Not yeah. too well. It fell flat. It was it was train. It was one of those train wreck friendly type things where like you could laugh at it, but on the whole, it just sucked. It, it here's here's the I think general consensus. And I see I see that point. A lot of black Twitter went, 
I'm sorry, is Cody Rhodes freeing the slaves? Does, does, <laughs> did Lincoln not do the job? Um, <laughs> And, and also he and also not to add on to it, but his gear also it's, it's been a, it's been Americanized for so long now since his return from doing the show and uh, the other show that he does. Yeah, so so he's been an American up like like Sting's Great Cody, American Bash Cody, gear. Cody just and I, I love Cody, and I'm sure he meant well, and he meant what he said, but what he said was not properly thought out and just a, a little insight and unlike wwe it was no writers it was just it him. was him now here here's some insight it was asked of cody did you have anybody of color listen to what you were going to say he said yes he talked to several people of color and all of them said that it was perfectly fine what he said Ooh. yeah the question is, who are these people and what actual color are they? I want names. We want names because we just want to look and understand how they would give the approval on such words that came out of that man's blonde-haired, blue-eyed mouth. Now, again, I like Cody. Yeah, I we, are, we, we like Cody. I do. But I think it was that an oversaturation of his wife and it, it was oversaturation in the 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 Oedipus complex. I think it comes off as uh, hugely wife being a mother. No, like Oedipus complex. Like your mother wants to be your you want your mother to be your wife or something like that. That's okay, what Oedipus. The, the, okay, fine, it's, it's one of those things. It's it's Cody trying to be the savior of black people, where uh, you ain't that black, neither is your wife. Uh oh, and you can't do and say that because that is not your role. That is not your place. You can be an ally, but your Superman cape has red, white, and blue on it. We do not need Homelander in this situation, sir. Because if you know who Homelander is, it means you watch the boys and you know that Homelander was a quote unquote superhero who was the worst of the worst. Cody is being Homelander, being the worst of the worst, whose good intentions are all going to part of my French shit. So, um, I think personally with that with that feud with Anthony Agogo, I I think per I think really that it should have been uh, Cody's American Nightmare versus QT Marshall's Amer- uh, Nightmare Factory Club group. Mm. What he had, it should have been just that, and you would have called it a day. Now. The one guy Punk didn't put over was QT Marshall, <laughs> and I know QT. I known him like years ago, but that wasn't it. That wasn't it. The, the, the I think that was part of the story for this for this match goes because Punk did like five body slams and I, it was it was what did I say? I kept yelling fundamentals. Yeah, um, it was like it was like uh, basic. W it was basic, basic video games where like you, know, you have two you have two controllers the the second man controller is on the side you just working moves working the moves like that. But I, I said fundamentals because QT Marshall, if you did not know, he started the Nightmare Factory. Before it was a Nightmare Factory, QT Marshall ran the um I forgot what it was power the the power factory yeah. yeah something like that. In in Georgia where, you know, all these young men and women are coming out of now your Preston Vance, your Tens, your Alan Angels, your Anna Jays, 
all these good young talent are coming out of this down nightmare factory. But QT Marshall started that before Cody. Um, and that was branding. Yeah, rebranded it, the Nightmare Factory and what have you. So, QT Herschel is a trainer. He's a teacher. <sighs> and his match with Punk was very, to MJF's point, very basic. Very, you barely beat this guy. How can you beat someone who has real talent? No thing against QT. But QT is not a upper echelon superstar. And I think that's part of the storytelling where... It was like, okay, Punk, you you basically squeaked past this guy. How are you going to get past somebody who really can go? Now, um, I talked about All Out uh, on it, you know, another episode, and we said this when we were watching Dynamite. I said QT Marshall was the only match in the uh, whole All Marshall. Out. QT Marshall was the only versus the Big Show was the only match in the All Out pay per view that nobody talked about, and. It's the big show's fault. And, <laughs> but the, the thing is, slow. the thing is, the one thing that was funny, Mika, was they tried to run this promo. This was the week before the whole hip photos. I think Big Show, or should I say Paul White, saved somebody, you know, with QT Marshall or mm. something. But his music was over the uh, the arena, and it just made me crack up in laughter so much because his music was a sawed-off version of the Big Show theme song in WWE. Because, again, if I tell somebody, hey, I was watching a Paul White match, and I go, who the hell is that? You know what I heard Paul White? I thought Katie Burchill. What was her? her? That was uh, Paul Burchill. Right. That's who I thought. That's mm. the only Paul other than Levesque. That was a good character, too. Only Paul is Levesque, we recognize in this modern day and age, okay? <laughs> Paul White does not exist, and he's like seven feet tall. So I'm like, who? The Big Show? Oh, we can't call him that. You know why? It's, because he's not good, y'all. But also, uh, he has a shirt, No More BS, and mm-hmm. all that. No More BS is keeping him out of my ring. <laughs> but the song but the song to me was so hilarious he was like you know my song in WWE do that then but make it AEW make it different so yeah. we'll get sued okay yeah. so okay um, so Punk put people over Brian Danielson he does also but he has more of an ulterior motive and um, by the way this is wrestling Adam Page just won the title and Brian Danielson walked down that aisle not even five minutes on Dynamite and went heel in 0.2 seconds Listen, that was great. When the chi- the time for change happens, it happens quickly. Paige is clearly a babyface, clearly super over with the fans. You have to have a bad guy. You have to have a good guy. Daniels, Danielson, whatever, was a good guy. But he can play the bad guy, and clearly he can play the bad guy role extremely well. Um, I'm liking this heel run because it's a truthful heel run. He, you know, I'm from Chicago and he talked about the fans like, you guys, I'm not doing anything different and you're fickle. He's telling the truth. He's not doing anything different. He's as aggressive as ever. It's just he's aggressive against our favorites, our, our, our ones that we're used to cheering. And that's what makes him a bad guy. But also it sells tickets too. But it sells tickets, but it also gives him more um, more character than a lot of people who are his fans from WWE have seen from him. It's been a long time since you've seen him be a heel, if you've ever seen him be a heel in WWE, because 
he was always um, antagonized. He was antagonized by the Miz. Yeah, he um, when he first got in there, um, and they tried to do the team hell no. Because actually, uh, when when Brian Danielson won the World Heavyweight Championship and had the relationship with AJ Lee, which is married to Punk, um, he became the asshole boyfriend in that in that dude, run. Said it's been a long time since you've seen. And that. well, in a way, he was like the Earth Champion, what hmm. two or three years ago. Mm. And and, and still we kind of we kind of shot through that. We was like, okay, Brian Danielson wrestling, he gonna be the Earth guy. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it didn't work. It was just like he was so familiar to people, and people were so behind him, invested in him. It, it just didn't. It didn't turn that creative heel. I hate him. It was like you're the heel. That's what's gonna be. It's WWE. There's not enough time in the day to establish a proper heel run unless you're super super over at the top of the card you have to be super super over quickly for the wwe because much like their fans is short attention span theater if it's not instantaneous then we move on to the next thing and that's why i think mjf would not he would not uh prosper in wwe unless they let him be mjf period and and look at ec3 and wwe oh god you have someone with unlimited talent, somebody who was a proven commodity, who was the face of Impact Wrestling, who was a known entity, and you did nothing. You didn't let him do. He didn't have to be Ethan Carter III. You didn't have to even mention Dixie Carter if that was your desire. But you could have let him run and do that character in the WWE, and it would have been phenomenal. And, you know, he has the body that can sell, and if you made him a champion, he can be on the shows, he, the uh, talk shows. Yes. Everything. He was, you want to talk about um, he was somebody jacked. who was gift-wrapped. Hello, here's the package. The body, the eloquence, the the wrestling talent, the entertainment factor, the everything that you needed in a champion, you didn't have to necessarily throw him to the top of the championship ranks. You could have let him, you know, work his way up. Hell, bring back the European title. Let him be the European, whatever. You had somebody who was built and ready to go that you guys said, ah, he's not one of ours, even though he originally was one of yours. In the, first, in the last NXT before they rebranded right. that. Um, yeah, he, like I said, I'm, and I'm a hetero guy, so... You see him, it's like, oh, that body. He could oh, sell he could I, sell tickets with he, that body. He could sell me water in the middle of the ocean, man. <laughs> Salt water at that. Let's bring it on. Yeah, so so he has that. And plus, I just thought about this while you were talking. Uh before he shaved the head, he had the the, the uh kind of Locks. bouffant hairdo. He he had the he had the Playboy Yes. The Playboy so, hairdo. So if you established him in WWE Far enough, far away from uh, the beginning of 2019 when AEW first started, you could have saw MJF and said, "Look, broke, broke man's EC3 or Wish.com EC3." Because people said that and, when MJF like that. first came out. Yeah, that was exactly what they said when MJF first came out. That was like, "Oh, look at this poor man's EC3," because again, EC3 was such an established character mm-hmm. that true fans knew, like, "Oh, MJF is doing this this thing," and We've seen this. This is Ethan Carter III. MJF don't even have a, a you know, Aunt Dixie that he can lean on. He's just going off his own merit. Yeah, he was an indie guy at the time, so like you had to go see him, and AEW just put him over to the top. So, yeah. So, 
again, um, you know, now he's the change the narrative guy. Shaved his head, and uh, mm, I get you got to control your narrative. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound like that, but control your narrative. I mean, I'm down. I'm ready to control all the narratives. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, I'm waiting for Spud to join them though one day. He's he's been in some of the propaganda video. I didn't see the second video where he uh, got let go. Oh, you didn't see that video? Everybody, everybody oh. uh, applauded it. We're gonna watch that video. Everybody applauded. It's on his channel. We're, I, gonna, we're gonna watch that. I think video I put it on watch it. later. No, we won't watch. No, it. no, I'm no, I'm talking about on my YouTube. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna so, watch it because it's awesome. Yeah, I think John Cena talked about it too. Everybody talked yeah. about it. Um, so again, uh, these releases, Drake Maverick is another one. He's gonna make money. Drake Maverick is just entertaining. Entertaining. Period. Drake Maverick hit the ground. Rock, running. Rockstar Spud. Running when it with this video. When you see this video, you're gonna know. This boy is not playing with y'all. Y'all, y'all did this to him again. He's like, all right, cool. No, oh, 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 okay, okay. I, I, I've interacted with Rockstar Spud many times uh, before he got signed. Incredible guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I even felt the type of way when he made that video when he first got released. And um, you know, next you know, somebody in NXT got it and pulled him back and did all that and they created the drama so that was a good build even if it was a work or if it was real whatever have you um i just lost i just had a point when it came to uh building i forgot oh triple h uh you know nxt is no more r.i.p uh it is nxt mixed with romper room and in living color stop it with the living color well you you've never seen the opening credits to a living color have you the when the, when they first started Keep going. They were throwing paint around. Okay. So that's why I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, AEW at that full gear pay-per-view just signed another person, which kind of makes me question the future of another company. They signed Jay Lethal. And What do you mean? Question. We already know ROH is taking a hiatus or what have you. So that's a good, a good get for um, AEW. A good business move for Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal has been around the block. I well, mean, I never said it wasn't good for that. I just, but when I see him, Jay Lethal, ROH legend, let alone wrestling legend, I look at him as one of the top pillars and guys of ROH. And when I saw him get signed, I was like, oh boy. ROH already put their 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 notice out that basically that um, sign the door. We're out to lunch. We'll be out to lunch until then, and we'll see if we come back. We'll still pay you if your if your contract is beyond December, and um, we'll be back or whatever. But it, it this is just my mindset, so don't take this for gospel. I just like when I saw Jay Lethal, I was like, congratulations, he's gonna be all elite. He's gonna be pulling matches out of people, and then I was like, oh shit. Remember, this is this is wrestling, but it's all business. Number one, it's so. all business, and now you have the interesting situation. Imagine this. Imagine ROH comes back, and they go, "Hey Jay, come back to us." Now we get to look and see what the All Elite contracts look like. Is there a ninety day non compete? What's the deal? What's the situation on breaking a contract here? Because we don't know right now. Like we quote unquote know the WWE contracts. You know, we know what's in those about your ninety day non compete. No third parties right. either. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. When and if ROH comes back, or if some other, or how the rebranding of Ring of Honor is going to be, mm-hmm. or other super indie steps up someplace and gets some TV, and you know things happen there. Well, I, I, you know, I'm being hopeful for that. Um, you know, when I said no third parties for those who don't know, uh, a lot of WWE entities kind of make you want to 
forget your third parties. And Adam Cole left because of that and not cutting his hair. And Adam Cole just looks happy to me personally. He just looks happy. <laughs> uh, Kyle O'Reilly's about to go. Uh, Roder- so we think. Roderick Strong. So we think. Uh, signed in an extension to his contract. Hopefully we get some Roddy versus the world type matches out of him. Because I don't think a 205 Cruiserweight champion is good enough for him. Roddy keep being NXT champion. Just forget Diamond Mind. Roddy's good. Roddy also has a problem. He is not six feet six with, uh, you know, a couple hundred pounds on him. So Roddy is the uh, another vanilla midget. And, uh, I'm glad you said it this time, and I didn't have to. Yes, he is. And that is problematic for anybody in Vince McMahon's employ. Yeah, because everybody, because as soon as the term vanilla midget was coined by the rumblings of WWE and what they wanted, what they want to do, all eyes went to Johnny Gargano. That was before vanilla midget was been out for a while. No, no, no. The term has, but when they were talking about the rumblings of we don't want the indie vanilla midget. When, Ooh, when Adam said, Cole fit that bill. Johnny Gargano fit that bill. I think Adam Body left fits first. That, fits that bill. Um, hell, Kyle fits that bill. Um, I think Bobby Fish too. Bobby, I love Bobby, Bobby Fish, Fish. Definitely fits that bill. There are a a ton of guys who, unfortunately, with talent coming out the wazoo, who fit that bill. Uh, MSK, even though Desmond Xavier's black. Yeah, they they definitely fit that bill. Even as a tag team together, when you put them, if you put them in one body, they still fit that bill. Yeah, that is problematic. Um, and so, luckily for them, right now they're on that um, comedy venue or comedy vignette tour where they're finding the yogi and what have you. So that I think is saving them. I do like I do like how they explain their name and like something obstructing comes by and then it was like and that's where we got a name and, from. And again, I love that, that comedy. That, that comedy portion of it makes it keeps them employed. Yeah, because both of them are actually very entertaining. I mean, look at the teams that they've been up against and the big men who they've had to quote unquote overcome to try to hold on to titles and then eventually lose titles. So yeah, that's. Well, That's tough. Imperium, I enjoy Imperium, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. I enjoy them, like the ground uh, ring work. Um, Grizzled Young Veterans, uh, I love them. Um, you want to talk about ugly guys. No, no, no. Grizzled Young Veterans. <laughs> they grizzle for real. My yeah. <laughs> you don't like, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Drake, because that's not the James Drake I remember. No, no, no. Uh, 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 the other one. Um, I uh, whatever his name is, I don't like either one of them. God honestly. damn! Uh, they say, but in England he said something, and it was like shoes off. If you if you like some shoes off, and it was just so hilarious to me. Yeah, but, um, I but again, these, these are is. big guys, and this is again, these are the prototypes, or these are the um, bodies that WWE looks for in their champions because. Oh, Zach Gibson. Yeah. Imagine sending MSK to, like, the Today Show. Yeah. No, you can't do that. What does your name stand for? Like, not even so much your name stand for. They wouldn't get past security. Like, whose children are these trying to get on set? Get out of here, kids. Yeah. Where if you got, like, a a Zach Gibson and a J.D. Drake, at least they're imposing figures. 
They're supposed to be larger than life. I would say Imperium, too. That That is the WWE's whole perspective on their superstars. They're larger than life. They said it in all their documentaries or whatever. These kids look like regular, everyday kids. They're not larger than any life. So, again... Well, uh, I, I'm i circling around a little bit. I was going to talk about uh, long-term booking, and it worked out in this case, Ilya Dragunov and Walter. Mm-hmm. Now, I was one of the few people that watch actually watched NXT UK. And the match that they had in that empty arena, oh my dear Lord, they <laughs> practically destroyed each other. It was lovely. It's Walter. Walter is always going to kill. Dragunov is right effing there. But also, uh, Walter has his indie... Walter has an indie following that is just... Mm-hmm. That is monumental. Walter, Following. He That's has a cult is. following. I wouldn't want to be in a ring with Walter. You hear his, hear his chops? I Leave. have been ringside when Walter has chopped somebody. Just talking about it now, my <laughs> chest hurts and I did not receive the hit. That's how hard that man hits where the sonic boom of the chop will hit you if you are any place near him. So yeah, Walter's, Walter's great and the fact that they... They've almost forgot about NXT UK. Walter is actually Walter is actually if you look at him aesthetically, Walter is actually a bland looking wrestler, mm. but when you get him in the ring, that all changes. He he's the ring general. Winning ugly is what it's called. It, you know, or, he ain't, it sounds he ain't like pretty. a period victory. That's what it sounds like. He's not pretty, but he will win, and it'll be ugly. In a way, he looks like a big baby to me. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh! Okay. <laughs> well, you gonna get chopped? I know, I know, it's gonna hurt. Um, but when they came back with the back. with the, my chest would be on the ground while he I'm chest, still standing. He chest gonna touch your back just poof. <laughs> I seen that shot where he did the skinny Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they had a match at a, at one of the latest takeovers. It was magnifique. It was the the storyline with Ilya uh, dragging off and struggling to get that glass hit that glass ceiling and break it, mm-hmm. and choked out Walter. And man, that was it was great to me. It was one of the top five WWE matches of the year, along with the Bad Bunny match. Uh, again, I say the WWE forgot about um, the UK branch. So while the UK branch is pumping out awesome matches like that, I don't even consider it a WWE match because it seems like it almost seems like different management is in charge. Like like Vince is not running that. He's not looked at it. None of his people have. It's very European, and that was on the last days of the. quote unquote Triple H seven year NXT run. Right. And the black and gold brand. Now it's the all inclusive brand. Now um and I watch it for Joe Gacy because Joe I want to see this where mm-hmm. Joe is going. Um so that's what I'm talking about. I love that kind of long term booking. I think Punk and MJF I, don't, I really don't I really don't want to see them have a match in at least in about a month. I think hopefully they talked about the AW being back in Chicago in February. Punk did come out after the show and told people that. If they dressed as Britt Baker. In Britt Baker's ring jacket. Wait, wait, wait. Britt Baker. D-M-D. Put some respect on the name. (laughs) Gotta do it. Um, (laughs) She is. Honestly, I'm not to interrupt you. Britt has grown so much since I've known her. and bound. And I'm not going to shoot on Britt Baker, but when I met her in 2016, it was like another 
female wrestler. And she was branding. She was out there, Britsburg, you know, come, mm-hmm. I'm coming back to Britsburg. And she got up to AEW and it's like, Britt Baker's coming in. It's like, okay. Uh, she did a lot of runs. Um, not quote putting nepotism. Adam Cole is her significant other. And she, oh, really? And she was there at NXT at one time. Right, right. Um, and then she got hurt. And she developed when she was hurt. It was, again... Pulling out Reba and Jamie it, Hayter. It's the character development mm-hmm. that does so much for wrestlers. Because, again, fundamentally, you all learn and can do some of the same things. You can lock up, you can hip toss, you can body slam, you can clothesline, you can run the ropes, you can do this. That's the basics. It's the character and getting people to buy into the character to, again, to love you or to hate you, but to get a reaction from people. And Britt didn't have that at first, but she was able to, when she was hurt, to get that. And then when she came back and had that match, and got oh, bloody, she was hated. it was auto, like, okay, not only is this girl done everything to draw us in, but now she's showing she's willing to get in there, mix it up, bleed a little bit. That is a little bit. Yeah, I was. She had she had to wear the JR the JR crimson mask, right? But to bleed a little bit too on top of it, and not you know prissy out and go, oh my god, I'm bleeding or whatever. To keep going because again, you would look at her, and if you didn't know her, you would expect her to like freaking prissy out. And she was like, nah, let's keep going and just going at it. That right there, I was not a Britt Baker fan. I was not. I was like, mm, I've seen her before she got signed in different promotions. I've watched mm-hmm. her career. I've watched her tag stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, Britt Baker. All right. Now I'm like, okay, Britt Baker. Now I am I am invested. I have bought in. And the DMD is oh, like, man. damn, okay. And, and and I said I said it before, not shooting on Britt Baker like that, but she was kind of like a generic female wrestler by the build. Same thing with uh, uh, Rhea Ripley when she first came in WWE. She was like generic female wrestler. Then they Rhea started... Ripley was Charlotte number two. Yeah, that's basically what it was. And she cut her hair, got some tattoos and the nightmare and see where she is now. Right. Um, that's that, the beauty of character development. And that's why I said many, many months ago, and I still hold it to this day, I'm about performance first and character second. Because there have there have been characters in wrestling that can't get over with their voice and their mannerisms, but suck in the ring. Um, and Depending on the the level, I'm okay with the sucking in the ring. For instance, uh, Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, when she first came out, sucked. Yeah. She was horrible. It was like, get this girl out of here. I don't even want to see her in a Ron Penny's match because it's not a match. Just horrible but the character drew you in it wasn't yes the looks helped but it was the character behind the looks it was the little things she did the looks the devious little things she did just the 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 acting that she did with the flirting the this that the other the character drew you in the wrestling boobs drew you in too for the guys I, i said the looks but the character drew you in, and that's part of the character. That the the low cut shirts, or whatever. That's part of the character. The wrestling came later. Now Trish is one of the best females ever. Got Hall of Fame. The wrestling yeah. came much later, and that's again kind of where the the no matter who you are, 
male or female, the character will get you people invested. Then you continue to do the work to be a better wrestler. I I don't really know. Be, I mean, I, I don't really think on that level because, like we mentioned, MJF. MJF, he doesn't really wrestle on Dynamite unless he has to or has to put it up there. But him being in the ring and saying all the stuff they, they let him fly out with, you are invested in him. Is MJF eats baby signs in the crowd or uh, MJF, MJF is mid. <laughs> yes, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get that part. But if he got in the ring with Punk and MJF couldn't, bounce, couldn't uh, bump his ass properly or whatever, then you're not going to be that invested in the match. But MJF comes from Creative Pro Wrestling School, so I know he is solid. Uh, same thing with Chris uh, Chris Statlander. Mm. So I believe in that. And that's why I'm saying that like, you get the, the bumps, drop downs, all that. Okay, you can wrestle. But also, who are you? Who are you? And and that's the part where I do it. This is an apples and oranges conversation. So that is my personal belief. Mika believes otherwise. Yes, and I'm right. And um, again, it, if you can piece it together, you can make a great conversation. But, it, you know, things like that. So, um, damn, character development is, is key to buy people in. I say this a lot. Uh, Naomi, Naomi with the, the uh, neon, the girl, the feel, the glow, and now the natural hair. And she wanted to rock the natural hair. And, and there's many stories about management saying she got to straighten it. And she got to put extensions in or whatever. And she's like, no, I want to rock the natural hair. Guess what? She came out in the Royal Rumble one time with natural hair and girls popped. It wasn't even so much girls. It was people who weren't watching wrestling, who were not wrestling fans, who saw videos and pictures and just got invested in this person. She brought more mainstream media attention to wrestling rocking a natural hairstyle because she looks different than anybody else who's on television especially in this sports entertainment venue or venture and like wwe does they fumbled and dropped the ball they did not capitalize on that but that's a whole again that's a whole different other story and to me naomi is black girl magic period you know if she can appeal to the fans and she she made the fans pop out of not being in wrestling being active wrestling in six months or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. And it circles around back to punk. Um, up, up, down, down is in hiatus right now. Hmm. Your thoughts. So. When- and Mika was right about this. Xavier Woods doesn't own up, up, down, down. They let them create that platform mm-hmm. and they held on to it. It's, it's both on the WWE uh, channel on YouTube and on the Up, Up, Down, Down channel as well. It's on standalone channel as well, but WWE owns it. I I did say this, and I... I'll give you credit. I hope that people don't think that it was like, oh, well, that was just a lucky guess. No. Mm. WWE, there is a method to the business madness, and I call it madness, but it is just business. When they started this whole mess back in the Zack Ryder days. Matt Cardona now. Back when he was internet champion, mm-hmm. one, and on YouTube getting followers and doing all this stuff. When they recognized begrudgingly that this was going to be a thing. That the internet, that the YouTube, that people were going to watch and listen, subscribe and what have you. They took over Matt Cardona's whole little YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to have a piece of it. 
they did it for future people signing contracts that if you created something on one of those platforms that hey we had the right to try to buy it from you or, or to shut say. it or say or shut it down completely Xavier Woods enters and Xavier Woods is the video game king master the G4 um, the G4G king and of all the ring. Of, you know now king of the ring and he has this platform this up up down down that has people watching for their favorite wrestling stars and just watching for the video game content just another outsourced mainstream media stream and here it is WWE's like haha we own this now we've got a piece of it gotcha, we bitch. want it and everybody else who is not subscribing meaning the stars who have their own little channels and what have you have to stop because the WWE didn't have a piece of it they did not want it WWE is a monster because they will take your creative license and make it their own and pay you a pittance off of it and that's because people don't read contracts people don't renegotiate contracts the WWE will set a contract down in front of you as a potential superstar that is beneficial to one person and one person only and that is the WWE now also uh, this is a different mindset that people do not get and this also floats around to many parts of entertainment when they lay that contract out all the talent sees is they, two things. They want me and I'm getting money. And a lot of times, like in, in the music business, when you're independent, you're paying your own money for your own CDs, your merch, running up and down the road on gas, fitting everything into a car because you don't want to rent a van or whatever, hiring a crew to help you out with your social media or to promote your concert, even if you're opening for someone. It takes a lot. It, 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 it takes a lot for that. But when... Um, when a company comes down and say, hey, we want you, we like you, quote unquote, you have talent, but we just want to own you. So they they put that contract, maybe sometimes a signing bonus with it. Um, and all you see is money. I don't have to pay for anything anymore or I can get my it's bills paid on time. It's it is. When your back's against the wall and eating ramen noodles or mustard sandwich or mayonnaise sandwiches. Ew. I know, it's, it's disturbing. Uh, when you don't have money and you're pouring all your money into your endeavors, and then somebody comes along with a briefcase or the Brinks truck, if you're that good, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to take it, put that in my account, give me a pen, sign the form. Mm -hmm. They don't read the mumbo jumbo. They don't say, some people do this. I'm going to have to talk to my attorney or my lawyer. And they just say, look, let me talk to my family. And that's that's what it is. So that's why we and I, and I question Thea Trinidad uh, status, even though she's on TV and now she's the queen. I question this because she was all about unionization. She was all about keeping her third party channel. You know what they did to Thea, and they let they her cut go. They her a fat check. They brought her a fat check to say, "Hey, chill out. Here's some money. Come on back." At the time, her husband was still there, Alistair Black or Malik Malachi Black, whatever they you want to call him now. <laughs> he was there at the time, and then he got released right when she signed back. It's like, <laughs> you're in, he's out. But the fact of the matter is, WWE has the money to shut you up. Now, while you're there and under contract and you're getting paid, of course, you're going to shut the hell up. Once you leave, then okay, the floodgates of your mouth will open and you will tell... Tell all the tell all. You'll be on Jericho's show and other platforms. 
But the fact of the matter is, again, WWE gives these these things, and the reason that they can have up, up, down, down me on hiatus now is because people now who were a part of this show is like, wait, one some of the people don't work for WWE no. anymore. Jasmine Duke is one of them. Um, and Prince Pretty is one of them as well. Tyler Breeze. Um, yeah. So they're just like, wait a minute. I'm creating content for this company that fired me. Yes, I will get paid based on the content of this, but I don't want to really contribute to this company. So why should I do any content? So it's at a, a standstill, so to speak. Yep. Xavier Woods has other commitments. He is doing G4. Um, he's doing that gaming television, um, I guess, kind of stuff yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, G4. And he's king of the ring and what have you. So there's a lot of other things going with Xavier being the face of Up, Up, Down, Down, he has to do other things, but I think he's going to come back because they're going to deem it necessary for him to come back. And once he does, there's going to be a restructuring or a renegotiation for Up, Up, Down, Down. WWE will still, of course, own and operate or what have you. I think the smart thing to do as far as the people who are... Um, creators and content um, contributors to renegotiate a contract if they have a contract, which I believe they don't. I think person. I, I think a lot of that was, hey, X is my buddy. X is going to give you this amount of money. We could, we could. Okay, cool. I think now there's going to have to be actual stuff in writing and that's where it's going to get a little dicey. And and that's where the dichotomy is with uh, what you said about talent not working for them, but they are a part of that entity. Uh, really with Xavier, I give Xavier a lot of credit because he's built himself up so much. He was in college, he was doing NXT, then he got on the main roster. The New Day wasn't working out, but they turned uh, they turned the corner with New Day. New Day been together for whew, uh, about yeah, seven years now. Yeah, seven years now. And, and he has created a platform for himself. Even though there was a video of him walking out of the G4 set because he found out about the releases um, as they were going along. And um, it, it takes me back to Adam Cole when he was on Twitch and found out that Tyler Breeze was releasing. He kind of shed a tear a little bit. And that part drives me also when it comes to releases. And it's, yes, it is business, but sometimes it's like it's your partners that help you create and help you grow. And that's why you feel a certain type of way that you can't be on the job with your coworker that you enjoy because they help uplift you or you uplift them and vice versa. So that's why, um, in that aspect, I feel a type of way when it comes to releases. And the fact that, to me personally, that some of these people can generate money, uh, despite whether it be budget cuts or creative has nothing for them, uh, that's that's just all in. Because honestly, when it comes to firing, letting these people go from releases, I believe creative over anything. Um, no budget cuts. It's just a safe phase. Okay, we don't know what to do with you. So uh, we can't keep you because you'll be draining us money. Why would I pay you to do nothing? That's pretty much. But that's pretty much any job. I mean, that is a layman's term uh, uh, type of. uh, uh, I mean, not response. Reasoning. Um, And then sometimes people come back and say, "Well, this person was mouthy. This person had a bad attitude backstage, and it finds out the person was just standing up for themselves." And um, that's the part that uh, I had a problem with, you know, trying to corroborate stories that never happened. Now, one of these releases, 
was a WWE homegrown talent, and she was very infamous, but she did get some flowers on the way out, and that was Nia Jax. Um, a lot of people made the rumor rumor around saying that she she didn't get vaccinated. It was a number of people that didn't get vaccinated. They're saying that that's why they got released, but we can't uh, confirm that. It's all allegedly. Um, people were calling for her release like a year ago. When she Years kept, ago. At least the height of it was a year ago when she was hurting Kari Sane and a couple of other people. But when it got to the... Uh, the little mini shoot that she and Charlotte had during the match to the uh, the allegations of Charlotte bullying her and standing up for herself in the locker room, cheering her on that, because now it's like some kind of Charlotte heat going on now, allegedly. Um, she got those flowers on the way out. And then she said something during the pandemic, like, I don't need a vaccine. God got me. Listen, I'm not going to talk about stupid people. And that was... I feel that... This was number two to Jackson Riker's Donald Trump tweet. Yeah. I feel that she is incredibly stupid. And but... the fact that if you are, again, a public figure and there are things out here happening, for the most part, if you feel that way, you shut the frick up about it. You keep your thoughts and opinions to yourself because there are people literally out here dying. What's up, Huckabee? Um, Sorry. There are people out here dying and you are not helping people to try to seek a way for them not to die. Naya is not a loss in my book at all. At all. I, I, I hear number one thing they're going to say it, is I care not. I care not. You know what I'm going to say? No. What's the number one? Number thing? one. Number one I'm going to say is nepotism. Oh, everybody's going to bring that up. She, Everybody's gonna bring if it up. she was good she wouldn't have got fired and if her cousin and them gave a damn about her she wouldn't have got fired either okay um i want to check her make she might not be part of the family hold on i'm sorry no she's half she, Samoan, she part of oh, half well the, the other half got fired because she was a real full Samoan. she still have a job no, but also not. speaking of she sucked that's why she ain't got no job speaking of dumb voices uh the number one what i just mentioned he got released too and that was a tweet that did not read the room well. That, again, stupid people. Congratulations. You should have been fired a long damn time ago. Um, the former gunner from uh, Impact Wrestler, who is Jackson Riker. He said a Donald Trump tweet. The Forgotten Sons were forgotten. They broke him up. Uh, he sported a short haircut looking like Sean William Scott on steroids. Mm-mm, don't disrespect um, Sean William Scott. I love American Pie. And also, the other two people were disciples of Drip Daddy, Seth Rollins, and then they got the axe. But that was a while ago. He should have been fired. But the, I don't know but why. The one, but the one one of them is in uh, Impact and Killing It, uh, Steve Macklin. He should have been fired. He should have been fired. He should have been freaking fired a long effing time ago. Pardon my French. Trust me, a, a lot of those WWE releases, everybody kept bringing up Jackson Riker means, and plus the uh, Bianca Belair. Like that she, boy, that boy, like, didn't, that boy didn't answer his phone come release time. <laughs> By fact, he turned off his phone. He was like, I ain't got no bill pay money. Let me turn this phone off. I don't know how he did it. I don't want to know how, but the fact that he kept his job as long as he did, amazing. Good riddance to bad rubbish. I don't find it amazing because here's why. The locker room, yeah, they're not, they're not for that. Uh, front office and management, including VKM. Oh, they're all friends. Listen, birds of a feather. Okay, 
But the feather, again, there was nothing creatively for him anyway. He was doing nothing but collecting the check. He was holding up the walls and catering. He should have been gone. Yeah, the JTG heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before he was the god. Mm. So, um, so he got let go and um, nobody cared. Neither for Drake Wirtz. Uh, um, I forget his name. It doesn't matter. He he yeah. was on he was on like parlor while Ooh. in his ref uniform. More stupid people. My friend hired him for a event, for a uh, meet and greet job, and I, I'm just wondering the numbers on that one. Why is that your friend? Did you talk to your friend? Because that friend made to check their mental. Uh, my friend. Why would you pay? My, my, why would you pay this racist son of a bitch? I would not pay attention to him. Well, not doubt my friend, but my friend's on the right also. I wouldn't. Mm, I wouldn't. Call he's him. he's not the extreme, but he's on the right also. Mm, not my friend. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so uh, some motherfucker I know. <laughs> he helped me out a bit though. Some so. motherfucker I know. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, uh, some people that were uh, let go, we didn't know of yet. There are some people that we beloved and wish that WWE used their potential to uh, showcase to the world. And there were some people where we wouldn't piss on them, even if they was on fire. So I'd piss on them, but it'd be gasoline pee. Let them bitches burn. It'd be, like that, it'd be like that rock star on stage. Yeah, that, but I'd, listen, I'd put so much alcohol in myself just to pee out fire on a bitch ass. Anyway, continue. We had a couple drinks tonight and a couple of shots or something else. And I'm perfectly sober though, but that's okay. We're gonna fix that soon. Well, we're not like like sober, sober. We're just a little nice. We're just loose and everything. So, um, going back to WWE releases, uh, Survivor Series. I wasn't into it. Survivor Series was basically Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, themed, <laughs> and no Dwayne the Rock Johnson because Dwayne the Rock Johnson has a schedule. Here's a full and he circle. Works. Here's the full circles. I said 25th anniversary. The, 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 by pay, the payoff of AEW bought an arena, hinted at Punk, did not come right out and say it, but all the signs pointed to Punk, and Punk showed up. Here we have Survivor Series where they talk about the 25th anniversary of Dwayne Rock Johnson's debut in the WWE, where the pre-show talks about it, where there are vignettes the entire night about it, where we had a 25-person battle royal named after The Rock. Um, <laughs> Where we did a few weeks ago a photo shoot. We have uh, three of our top stars dressed as Dwayne Rock Johnson in different incarnations of his WWE time period frame. Mm-hmm. The Rock, there were freaking probably rocks under people's seats in the damn stadium. You know, Everywhere there was. And not only that, but uh, the pay-per-view was sponsored by the Seven Bucks movie. The Netflix uh, movie Red Notice. Red Notice by Seven Bucks. The Rock. The pay-per-view also had VKM with the Cleopatra oh God, egg. God. With did you see the movie? I did not see the movie, so I was confused. I was like, "Why does okay. they have an egg?" So I, I know now. I don't care. Um, no, no, I was going to say the movie was pretty entertaining. I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody who wants to maybe watch it. No, 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 no. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to tell people it's entertaining. You watch it, you turn it off, and you go about your life. It's not like Oscar or anything like that. It's just the of Rock and Ryan. Not. It's a straight to Netflix movie. But the fact but of the wait. matter is, the VKM came out with the egg from the movie. But a side note, if you didn't watch it, you were confused until somebody said, "Oh, it's the egg from the movie." But a side note, Netflix has been had some Oscar contenders, pandemic, whatever. But the thing about it is, is that. The movie to me was entertaining. I didn't want to spoil it, but the, the movie is centered around three eggs. Hey, stop it. 
it's, let, it's, don't it's, talk it, about it, the movie. It's in the trailer. We're not talking about the movie. It's in the trailer. Don't talk about the movie. So it's I the, haven't seen the trailer. Again, you're spoiling it. All you have to do is like it's about the movie. Okay, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot, excellent, funny chemistry. That's how it is. But anyway, Vince McMahon was walking around with it. I'm, I'm just gonna say this because it was hilarious, train wreck hilarious. Vince McMahon comes out the car with the egg, and not only that, we've seen Vince McMahon enter the arena so many times over the years. This time, Vince McMahon had paid actors to cheer for him when he got out the car. No, those were superstars. I know they were super. I know they were uh, uh, personnel, um, personnel or any talent. The way that he came out the limo was so phony and so stilted and scripted. It's like, yay, Vince McMahon is here, or whatever. And it was just so funny. He's like, I got the egg. And that's when people got confused. So he had this notion of having an egg in the office and bringing the head of the table in there to say, this egg I got from the rock pal. And it's $100 million. And Roman says something like, that's how my next contract should be. Yeah, Roman did a shot. A little tease to The Rock and Roman Reigns, even though that's going to be a hope, year. Because again, yeah. we had mention of The Rock from even Vinny's mouth. And no Rock. Not even live via satellite. Nope. And that's what I was waiting for. Indeed. I was waiting for the satellite or the, or the video. He didn't have to show up in the arena. Literally, they could have via satellite. It could have been a recorded via satellite. It really could have. He did it for Punk. I mean, but... These people, I say the WWE, did this huge freaking tease. And I'm a tease, y'all, by nature. This was a big old <laughs> damn tease with no payoff at all. At the end of the night, I sat there and said, are you kidding me right now? They literally said the man's name so much. They said the rock, the rock, the rock, the rock. I'm surprised he didn't pop up like a genie in a damn bottle going, how many wishes do you need or do you like Candyman? Maybe I should kill you. But the fact of the matter is, the pay-per-view wasn't bad. I think there were some good things. There were some bad things. I think that people were more disappointed that the pay-per-view took forever. Yeah, it was long. It ended well after 11 o'clock and you didn't have a payoff. It's like going and going and going all night. You're like, okay, I'm done. Like, wait, hold on. We didn't finish. This you were is... all this time and you didn't, I didn't finish. You didn't finish. The Rock didn't show up. We did not finish, people. So the pay-per-view Survivor Series was a big old damn tease. And I was upset and unsatisfied at the end of the night. Welcome to the After Hours Podcast Shut with Mika Villas and the Sensational One Shinblade. Where we talk about... Unsatisfying pay-per-view. Unsatisfied events. Yeah, I was... He's like, ah, ah, and... Nothing. 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 Imagine that. Can you imagine that? No climax. How upsetting. I'm mad now thinking about it. You know, honestly, I'd be mad too if I had that kind of action and... Intense moment, no climax. Listen, it was just like, uh, it, it, it really what was. happened? It really was like it was a good so, show again. So, uh, a good time to a lot of until people, the end. A lot of people is more like stringing them along, stringing them along, stringing them along, and then you pull them to the to the moment. It's like, what is it? What, what where it is? So, people were saying, like, oh, The Rock come back, he's gonna be in Brooklyn, New York, and you know how WWE mm-hmm. does. The Rock, I mean, the superstar comes in like many towns over, they put him in the the, the bus and mm-hmm. try to cover everything up and like two minutes until Gorilla they come out there and whatever 
I was expecting a video message. Thank you to the audience. 25 years of The Rock. It would be no Dwayne Johnson was mm. in The Rock. Nothing. Zero point. It was zero. only thing. The only thing was that Vince McMahon egg was stolen and Monday Night Raw turned into an egg hunt. Mm. And I didn't see the clips from there, but they said there were people jumping off the walls looking for the egg. And <laughs> this brings it. This is so hilarious. It's so cheesy that if I watched Raw, I would have saw it coming. The person who stole the egg was none other than Austin. It was you all along, Austin. No, 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 not that Austin. It was Austin Theory. Yes, just Austin Theory. He takes selfies after the match, and he wants to take a selfie with the egg. And Vince didn't see him because he thinks he's the next coming of Cena, so he was invisible when he took the egg. I did not see. Oh my god! I, I, I would look. If Austin Theory had that egg and this was Attitude Era Vince McMahon, Austin Theory would be kayfabe fire. But again, Austin Theory looks like Cena incarnate, like Cena had a baby by himself, so he okay. Okay, all right. Um, Just telling you what it is. So that's what that's what happened at Survivor Series. I'm a um, I'm a big old school Survivor Series fan where they do the uh, team matches, but now as of late, Survivor Series is just like Crips and Bloods, red versus blue. What side are you on? Wow. I'm on the raw side. You wear red. I'm on the SmackDown side. You wear blue. But everybody liked the one where they had the hint of NXT in there. Uh, taking over and Triple H doing his DX invasion 20 years later. Listen, let it happen. It was fine. It was good. This was this was what it was. You had, again, you had good points. Bianca got her, her face back, so to speak. She was a sole survivor on her team. After losing a title in 26 seconds. That was her, you know, historic moment because no woman has ever done that before. Okay. So, so again, uh, one moment I did like, and I just started laughing hard, was uh, Kevin Owens walking out on the team. As soon as the bell rang, he was out. He was like, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is a great event, the show of Kevin Owens confirmed that he's going to AEW, Mm-mm. even if it's a tease. It was a great event of him walking out, and you could use memes for that. So I, it was just funny to me. Uh, I wanted to see Shinsuke and Damian Priest, but that was the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with WWE putting good matches on pre-shows and it having. Wasn't a, it was a Damian Priest match. It wasn't a good show, a good match. I saw it. It was all right. It, I mean, it was okay, but really, it's like you replace a potentially good match with something that's it was BS. A Damian Priest match. It was not a potentially good match. I'm not gonna talk about that. Anymore. I just did. Okay, uh, but they always they always replace it with some kind of foolish filler or something like the 25 Rock Battle Royal and stuff. And like, okay, and uh, what's his name? Big Taco won it. Who the hell's Big Taco? Uh, AJ Styles uh, bodyguard. Uh, Omos. Yeah. Wow. We'll call him a big nothing. Okay, go ahead. Well, there's a there's an NBA player. Uh, uh, named like Big Taco, like he's a tall African dude, and mm-hmm. o- Omas Omas is also African as well. Oh but that's a big dude. Yeah, he's a huge dude. I'm gonna call him anything but his damn name. <laughs> <laughs> AJ is try- is putting that dude over. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I-, I was gonna have so I had some more to say. Uh, I'm glad to see Andrade in AEW. I'm glad to see Malachi Black killing it and the whole gimmick that he's doing. That should have been on WWE television. Uh, Cody Rhodes getting booed. MJF versus Punk. Anything else? The women's title tournament. I never talked about that because I saw the belt and I just started gagging and laughing. (laughs) 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 
<coughs> not gagging at the whole belt. Be, um, <laughs> that's what it was. You look, it's the TBS belt with the logo, but if you look closely at it or abstract, it says hose up there. And I'm like, Tony, change the belt. Too late. Don't put the logo, just put TBS championship belt change like the, the old font 80s. On yeah. The belt. Put that Times New Roman on the belt, please, and thank you. Get, get that. Well, don't put the logo on the belt. That's what I'm saying. Don't put the logo on the belt. Put TBS championship belt. Mm-mm. But change, it looked like hose. Change the change the font on the logo, please, and thank you. So so now so now like anybody who wins the title, they hold the title above their head. Mm-mm. Hose. <laughs> they I hope not. I, I think they will change it, um, but we'll see. Do you have Do you have a uh, a pick? Nope. Okay. Um, Jade Cargill is going to win this. This was designed for her. That's even weird for her to win that belt. Why not? It's a secondary title in a women's division. That I'm not even not, saying about that. Which is not a full-fledged division. That's a whole different podcast, but yeah. No, just just the, the, the belt. Jade Cargill wins the whole tournament, wins the belt. Hoes. Yeah, I'm not going to call it that when she's wearing it. I suggest you don't either. Well, I was gonna say the TBS belt, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that in public listen, for real. Listen, listen. But I just want to know, like, how many women would rock that belt as a replica? Listen, no, until it's fixed, which they'll have to fix it. They have to. Okay, uh, Sammy Guevara, television champion. Oh, he has a title. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Lucha Brothers are the tag champions. Uh, Adam Page, you already spoke about that. Any anything else in the? Uh, oh, also, I never said this on the podcast. Um, I want to send well wishers. I think I said this on the episode. I want to send well wishes and positive energy to Jimmy Rave. Um, it, I was very sad to hear about this, but now Jimmy Rave is a near quadriplegic. I think he he has arm amputated and I think both his legs due to a MRSA infection and he's uh, I don't know if his GoFundMe is still around it is so um, you can find it on his page if you look at Jimmy Rage's excuse me Jimmy Rave's Twitter this GoFundMe is still up Um, if you don't know who Jimmy Rave is please by all means go back and do your wrestling history homework rock and roll infection Um, Jimmy Rave was an integral part of a lot of your favorite wrestlers um he is one of your favorite wrestlers favorite wrestler growing up and he has been um had a a very strong teaching of a lot of these new talents that are out there today um if you know who young Dublin Brokar, jordan oliver um anybody coming out of new jersey area um jimmy definitely had a hand in their wrestling upbringing so just go, and if you can, donate, donate. Um, if not, again, well wishes, positive thoughts are always welcome whenever something like this happens, and this is um, a tragedy to say the very least. Also, uh, ACH returned to wrestling, from what I hear. Yes, he did. Um, I wish him well. I, I don't know about his mental uh, state or health, but I wish him well on that. Um, I, I he's just a great guy to me. ACH is a fantastic person, very down to earth, and again, the man wasn't crazy. There was I didn't nothing. Say that. I'm just um, for yeah. those people who was like, oh, well, he just no. It's been you know if you're not watching and listening to what's happening, especially in your favorite company, the WWE, then you are blind and you're part of the problem. ACH came back to wrestling. He came back to Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, like, we were sitting there, and I was 
like looking at him and didn't realize it was him. It was hilarious. And I was like, holy crap, you're here. Okay. How did you know it was not him? Did he change his look or something? No, I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. PSA. Um, but no, I was sitting there. I was drinking and like getting tacos. So it was like crazy. Is he still the champion? He is. Okay. All right. Um, I love that AWE pulled in Eddie Kingston. Um, I would do almost anything to go to Georgia to see that show because Eddie is to me Eddie is just a worker's worker he is he's a he's a man's man he's a woman's man he is he's a Yonkers New York man he's a man's from the everywhere he's a Tim's man insert the word whatever and Eddie's your man okay he's not a he's not a face of the company type guy but he can impress you he is he can be the face of the company. That's what that's you, the beauty of Eddie. I mean, no, no, I'm not, uh, excuse me. He can be, but he, but as far as the the uh, cookie cutter cardboard design, he is not. Mm, but but again, but he Eddie's, can create his own. Eddie's Eddie's um, reach and talent and his charisma, even in that rough, unpolished kind of like street kind of guyness. And that's where I said the street still part still works and would still translate. Even for those suited people, if you gave them half a chance. Yeah. So I wanted to end it with some congratulations, some notes. I'm very uh, apologize about Jimmy Rave. It's just something that hits me. A lot of deaths that happened. Uh, R.I.P. to beautiful Bobby E. How is this positive? I'm just trying to give flowers and positivity okay. for this. Um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, nice guy, great guy, legend. Um, Daphne, who I did mention on the on the episode. Um, uh, I, I, I felt the type of way, even though I didn't know Daphne, but she was very, very sweet when I met her. I met her at WrestleCade too, and um, I, I, I didn't address it, but I was like, uh, I wanted Mika Villas to be on the podcast, but it hit her very, very personal. I understand it. I'm not going to chastise it because Daphne was one of those women. She wasn't the the most famous woman out there, but yeah, she, she should have been. She should have been, but she hit people in another way. She was rad, and Mick Foley kept talking her name up and down. Um, and that, and, and also Mick Foley had a comedy special on the the network and shouted her out on the special. So um, I, 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 with that, um, you know, flowers to her. I wanted to show you Dark Side of the Ring with Luna Vachon because that was a great episode. Uh, Chris Canyon was a very revealing episode. Meanwhile, a lot of people are on the Plane Ride from Hell episode that got Tommy Dreamer temporarily canceled and Ric Flair blackballed for right now. I don't know why because we heard stories like that from Ric Flair over the years. Um, the last episode with the steroid trial, which was a good episode. Um, I just I got so much to give you. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna go. What else you got? Where we wrap this bad boy up? Well, I got your information. I'm glad we're reunited. WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> Russell K is back. Are you looking forward to more than having fun and reuniting with people because of the pandemic of 2020? Showcase I, of Champions is going to be phenomenal. Okay. It always is. Um, if you are anywhere near Winston Salem, show is sold out. But um, I make sure you guys watch the playbacks when it comes out. Um, and make your Title plans. Mesh Network. Mm-hmm. And make your plans for next year. Do not snooze because you will lose out. This is again a prime opportunity to watch some of the best and brightest from years, present, past, and future, 
all converge in one spot here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. This is a tradition like none other that you need to get and make a part of your holiday tradition. Trust me, I will not steer you wrong. The convention sells, the hotel sells, the show sells, and it shows you how powerful that convention can be. Also, uh, I think personally, WrestleCade is better than WrestleCon because not only you had the convention, but you got 1,800 shows to travel to and see, and some shows make more money than others. Some shows, like, you just walk in, see the match, and walk out. Um, I'm looking forward to this, and maybe this is just a dream, but you and I go on a date, on a double date with uh, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. I, a man can only dream. I, I, I mean, I could call Chelsea, but I don't know, you know. It's Matt Cardona. It's yeah, woo woo woo. I know you. Uh, let me I, let me let me call Chelsea and see. What I, I would love to have Matt. I mean, I know Matt has talked about on, on Busted Open and whatever about the GCW run, but I would just love to sit down with him because you want to talk about branding and heat and everything. Matt Cardona blew the roof off of GCW. Matt Cardona stole Effie's jacket, then everybody in the free world decided they wanted Effie's jacket. Becky Lynch had an Effie jacket. Tony Storm had an Effie jacket. Y'all, quit stealing that man's jacket. And also, Effie is a former internet champion. Yes. And when he won that title from Zack Ryder, he was in one of the NYC subways posing with it. Mm -hmm. I have not met Effie yet, but him and I conversed for a while. I've been trying to... Look, the pandemic screwed that all up. I said, I'm coming to Florida looking for Effie. And Effie responded positively and next you know, the pandemic happened, knocked everything out. Oh, don't so worry, we'll, 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 we'll get you a meeting with Effie. Get a meeting with Daddy? Daddy. <laughs> come, come meet Daddy. <laughs> Effie is Daddy. He's very entertaining, he's very marketable, he's very active. And if you don't know who Effie like is, again, do your wrestling homework, boys and girls, because Effie is everything. Actually, I didn't know Effie to a certain point, and I had to do my research. I was like, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, presentation is key sometimes, even though I think performance should go hand-in-hand hand with that. Anyway, um, we have the Showcase of Champions tomorrow night. We have the Super Show and Convention. It's going to be a lot of hugs, a lot of dap, long lines for uh, my prediction. Uh, Matt Cardona, uh, Malachi Black, Buddy Murphy. Or um, Buddy Matthews. Anybody else? You think that's going to have a line? Mm. It's a stacked It's a stack. It's a lot convention. of girls here too, so I believe the girls are going to have a long line as well. Like, I think Camille is going to have a long line um, with her being the NWA I mean, champion yeah. and, and just her, her, you know, being on AEW as well. So, there's a, we'll see. We'll see. And it doesn't matter long line or not because uh, it's going to be a good time no matter what. Well, Maybe not long lines, so that means people can get in, get their time, their autographs and their pictures, and get out, and everybody will be able to flow accordingly. And also, we'll be wearing a mask, so, uh, you know, North Carolina and the county and all that, so I'm glad about that. I still got to wear my glasses to look like a freaking creep. Um, because, you know, half the people, probably half people in North Carolina ain't vaccinated yet, red state. Stop. Um, but... I would I would say that the showcase of champions sold out. Watch it on Title Match Network. The next day is the ladies' night out. It's not the queens of combat. Ladies' night out from uh, Title Match Wrestling, which they have a couple of them, and they've just been impressive. They're always really um, good. 
Yeah, I don't have the time to watch them, but I try to get a gist of them. And I'm and me and Telly, we're we're good friends. Uh, you know, he did that Eric Bischoff thing I did with Under the Mat Radio, and he boosted that that up when we were uh, questioning about that. Uh, AML, AML has a show that night, and then after that, uh, it's over. I'm already dreading going to Texas because I like this setting right here with WrestleCade. Talk about Texas for Mania. Yeah, you gotta get it. That's I'm waiting for next year when we go to California and we're. I'm going to wild the hell out. You want to talk about you with the drinking? I'm going to be numb for days, having fun. Okay, then. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> I am a responsible drinker, but you apparently are going to go all out. No pun intended. I'm going to go balls out in California. You know, wow. You know, when's the last time you've been in California? I haven't been in California since I was a child. Oh, my God. The hot sun. The... I'm going to worry about the heat. The only thing I really want to do in California is Disney. Everything else is optional. I think uh, during WrestleMania weekend. I'll go to Disney. Going to Disney? Some people go to Disney? Probably. Even though they got all the shows? I don't know. I don't care. I'm or just go a day early? I'm going to Disney. Okay. That's my my whole purpose of California. Yes, the wrestling's there, but I will be going to Disney. Anybody want to join? You're cool. That's great. But because I'm a Disney girl, I'm going to Disney. I have the Disney app, and I have yet to see uh, the, fin- the, the last 10 minutes of Hawkeye. So um, it just premiered. Uh, my sister, my sister and my niece were in California. She just turned two, so she celebrated her second birthday party by taking her to Disney, uh, Disneyland. So shout out to my little niece Isla. Uh, Uncle loves you. Uh, so anyway, um, we're gonna close it out because we still got more partying to do, even though we're pre-partying it to WrestleCade, which is tomorrow. So it's just Mika Villison and I and uh, JSL, should I say, Jeffrey. Which I'm waiting for him to come back. So we're just going to have a fun time. Check us out on our Instagram mostly or Twitter. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I am Mika Villas. M-I-K-A. V like victory. I-L-L-A-S. Tell me hi. Tell me bye. Tell me tell me what you think of the show. And personally, I think of Mika Villas. She's, gonna, she's not going to be posting. She's going to do photo dumps during the week. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah, it's the thing now. Like that's, you don't have to pose; just do photo dumps, and people just look at your pictures. That's if I'm sober enough to remember to take pictures. So if you take pictures with me, make sure you get my good side and take a lot of pictures so you can post them. Because if you post a bad picture, I will come and get you, and not in a good way. And by the way, uh, I'm going to do this one day, but I got to get ruthless Lala in here, and that is not for the kids. To get Rufus Lala. Please. F some kids. Okay. I, I love Lala. I want to give her a big hug. She will squeeze the hell out of me. Uh, what that thing do? No. <laughs> what that thing do, me? Mm, I don't. Let's close this show. <laughs> okay. Anyway, catch me, the Sensational One. Sensational One on Instagram and on Twitter. Facebook, Official Shinblade. I need to change that name anyway. I just opened up a Snapchat a couple months ago. Uh, uh, Sensational One. I just opened up a TikTok. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so I have no post up there. So Mika, somebody can actually teach me how to do it. So with that, I, we ran a long time, but this was a reunion after six months. Reunited and it feels so good. Okay, enough. No so anyway, I only got, that wasn't even 10 uh-huh. seconds. So anyway, uh, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get a uh, white boy and white girl wasted, Woo-hoo. as they would say. For the, for the vivacious red Mika Villas, I am the sensation of one Shinblade and saying, I'm out.